Good morning. I think we're ready to get started. The first thing we need to do this morning is listen there. Oh, thank you. All right. Good morning again, everyone. I'm Kim Charlson, president of ACB. And the first thing I want us all to do is say good morning to our listeners on ACB Radio. So one, two, three. Good morning, ACB Radio. <laughs> so today, I've put together an agenda which I think will be full of a lot of information for you as leaders in the American Council of the Blind. We're going to do some things that are a little different. We shake it up a little bit. Um, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that you'll find it interesting, informative, and that, um, that you'll be able to take a lot of this information back to the people in your affiliates and use it with, with your organizations to help you grow and to help them grow. Um, yesterday in, in our board meeting, we talked a lot about growth growth of our organization. Um, a lot of you may be concerned about that, membership development, things like that. So what I want to say to you is that a lot of those issues are going to become top priorities for ACB and its leadership to help you grow, to grow ACB, to make ACB what I'm calling the chief influencer in this, or in this country for people who are blind. We want to be the organization that people turn to when they think about blindness and they have a question about blindness. So is that what you all want us to be? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I, you know, we are the chief influencers. And, you know, in my view, it's time that, that we, we act that way and we become that because we have answers and we want to help those who are out there who don't know about us yet. So as you can imagine, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but ACB is willing to lead the way and help our affiliates to grow. And we'll have a lot more to talk to you about further down the road about that, but we're embarking on a whole new plan for visioning, as we call it, visioning for the future. That's the corporate trend word for it. You all remember strategic planning. Well, that's a little passe, not totally passe, but a little bit. And, uh, but visioning is what's, what's cool in the corporate world. Everybody's visioning for the future. So, so, so why not have the blindness organization vision for the future, you know? What makes more sense? <laughs> so, so we are going to. And I'm excited about it. Um, I've talked to several affiliate leaders who are very excited about it. And I think that we can really do some, some great things if we work together. So I'm ready if you guys are ready. And we'll have more details as we work them out and start to share them with you down the road. Yeah, that's right. That's what I asked the board. Are you with me? <laughs> so we want to do this and we can't do it without you. So, all right. Good, good. I, um, I want to, um, to also recognize our staff 
who are here today, who, who have put in a tremendous amount of work putting this meeting together. Um, and I'll let Eric do the in individual introductions when he talks a little bit more about logistics. Um, before I turn the mic over to him, I want to take just a moment of personal privilege and share with you a memory and a moment of silence for a dear friend of mine who passed away yesterday. Somebody who a lot of you are going to know, and if you didn't know him, you probably heard him. Um, yesterday we lost John Dashney, um, the very talented creative writer and storyteller, um, super talented man. And I had the honor and privilege with Brian to uh, mentor him into the organization about 35 years ago. And uh, he was a great leader in Oregon, and he'll be truly missed. So we can have a moment of silence to remember John Dashney. Thank you. And John will be telling stories forever in your honor. <laughs> All right. I, um, I want to recognize Eric Bridges, our executive director, and he gets to talk about logistics and all those fun things that you all want to know about. So, Eric, thank you. Hi, Tyler. Well, good morning. Uh, the biggest logistical thing of the day is getting a four-year-old to do what you want the four-year-old to do. Yeah. So, uh, it is wonderful to, to be here with you all again this year. Uh, this has been uh, a really nice four-year run in at this particular hotel, the Crown Plaza. Um, I am saddened to say that this hotel will be no longer uh, after just a few more weeks. Uh, they rezone this area, and I think it's going to be condos or something. So um, for those of you that have a, you know, hello? All right. Got to get right there. Okay, so for those, uh, for those of you that have enjoyed this experience, um, as staff, uh, working with this hotel has been tremendous. Uh, uh, a big thank you uh, to those that, uh, staff that have remained after finding out uh, the fate of this particular property. Um, there has been not a lot of turnover at this hotel, which uh, leads one to believe that it's been under pretty good management. Um, so if you get a chance to say thank you to folks, that would be great. And we'll be on the hunt for a new property next year, which we were going to be anyway, because it was the end of our three-year deal. So logistics. Oh, this is fun. Men's rooms, ladies' rooms. <laughs> Get excited, everybody. They're across the hall. <laughs> Literally, they are across the hall. The ladies' room is just off the tile to the right of the tile. 
and the men's room is on the tile. Don't go on the tile, go in the men's room. <laughs> we don't want any issues. So, one other thing that I, I would like to, to, to talk a little bit about, uh, the last three or four years we've been very fortunate to receive uh, sponsors for these events. Uh, you know, the board meeting, this meeting, as well as the legislative seminar. And this year is no different. Uh, and in fact, this year uh, we have more sponsors and more sponsorship money than we've ever had, which is fantastic. And there were actually three organizations that reached out to us to offer to sponsor, which says a lot about the relationships we have with these companies and their, uh, their understanding of the value of ACB and having, having that relationship. So uh, we have, for the first time ever, two presidential sponsors, and that's a $10,000 level. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Cisco Systems. Thank you to them. Cisco will have a representative here tomorrow. His name's Jim Brazier. He'll be uh, doing the, the sponsorship presentation. And quite literally, Jim Brazier is the one that brought accessibility to the Cisco VOIP phones. So if you get, to, get a chance to meet him tomorrow, say thank you. He's a wonderful guy to work with. Uh, the next level is the congressional level, which is uh, 2,500 to 5,000. And Vispero has sponsored again this year. Thank you very much to them. And then we have two uh, ambassador level uh, sponsorships, uh, which is the $1,000 level and uh, Sprint and Ira. And Ira will be here today during lunch to talk about what's going on. Uh, their representative, Dan Fry, is gonna spend some time with the group today uh, during lunch. There we go. So, you guys, the speakers in the back of the room weren't on, so we just got them fixed. So, okay. we hope you can hear better. Fantastic. So, uh, I am ex Hello. Okay, can folks hear me? Uh, hey, okay, cool. And we're back. All right. Uh, that was really about all I had. Um, was happy to provide the uh, sound test for you all this morning. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, from uh, here on out, uh, do we want to do introductions, Kim? Nope, that's a little farther. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, cool. Well, I will hand it back to uh, President Charlson for the rest of the morning. Thanks. Thank you, Eric. Um, we will be doing introductions, but that'll be a little later this morning. I wanted to get the, the collective in the room and settled so we'd have the most people here when we did our intros. So we'll do that a little bit later. So I'm, we're going to roll into our program. And our 
first presenter is um, somebody that I think you've all had an opportunity to work with. She's dynamic. She's a ball of energy. She does so many different things for ACB. And what she's here to talk to us about today is our website and um, working with affiliates on their website presence and how to strengthen their websites, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of social media stuff that some of us are thinking about but not sure what direction to turn to to get some help. Well, Kelly's gonna talk about all that. So Kelly Gask, welcome. Hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure you all know around this time last year, uh, we launched our new website. Um, we've been continually working on this website. Um, Nan uh, Larry Turnbull, Nancy Marks Becker, and myself, we uh, meet weekly with the Louisville Web Group to discuss the website, you know, different if issues that arise, different things like, um, you know, with Drupal that we need to work on. Um, so we've been running uh, broken link reports on the site. Um, a lot of our pages from the old site, nearly all of them, um, were ported over to this new site, which um, has unearthed some much older pages. Um, and we've been running these link reports so that we can identify which uh, links have been broken um, and need to be fixed. Um, so we are continually working on that. Um, something else that we noticed um, was that our committee information was incredibly out of date. Um, and we went through, or I went through, and um, fixed all the committee lists so that they're accurate and up-to-date. All the committee chair information is there, so if you're interested in a committee, you can actually contact them. So something I noticed, or we all noticed, when we were, we were working on these pages was that not only our committee pages, but our affiliate pages are really sparse. Um, they don't contain a whole lot of information. Most of them only contain the president's information and sometimes like a, a web address or a, a business uh, phone number. Um, so these pages could be may, way more resourceful and way more helpful um, to our members or people who are just trying to learn more if we were able to offer more information about the affiliate or the committee. Um, our website is a primary resource for people who are interested in ACB and want to learn more. And it's important for prospective members to have the ability to learn about what's available in their state. Um, adding more content th to these pages will be especially helpful for our affiliates that don't have a web page or a web presence at all. Um, and um, again, this is something that we'd also like to do with our committee pages. Um, I work with the DKM committee. I'm the staff liaison for them. They're an awesome committee, by the way. <laughs> um, and we have been able to really beef up their page. Um, they have a video on their page about the J.P. Morgan Fellows. Um, they have um, a statement that explains what the purpose of the committee is. They, of course, have the chair and the committee member information. But we also have testimonials from first-timers and um, from leadership fellow winners. And it adds um, a lot more uh, worth to the page because there's so much more information in there that people can access. So um, you know, we wanna ensure that our website is uh, the best resource that can be and adding more information that is pertinent to your affiliate or committee 
will help our site be a better resource for everyone. So the type of info that we're looking for as far as the affiliate pages go are obviously you know, the, the president information, so name, address, phone number, and email. Um, we also would be looking for um, any website, if you guys have a website URL, um, or if you have any social media pages, that's something we would love to link to because people could, you know, if they're interested or they're already a member, maybe they don't even know that a Facebook page exists, they want to join. Also, we wanted to add um, information, and we do have this on some pages, but not many. If people have an office available, if what their office phone number is, office address, if there's a specific email, it's like a general email for information. Um, also, any local chapters um, that uh, our affiliates have. I think that's really important for people who are interested in joining um, uh, somewhere close to them in their community to see what's really out there and what's available. Um, and then also something like a mission statement or a few sentences to explain your purpose, what you're all about. Um, that can really add value to your page. Um, and then again, you know, uh, visual media, logo, photos, videos. Um, we can use them all on your page. Um, so if you have any of those, please send them. Um, I'm going to be doing a request to all the affiliate presidents. Um, to uh, send me some more information. So if you do have the opportunity and you're listening right now, um, please you know, send us um, some, some more info so we can make your page really substantial and make sure that we represent you the best that we can because we do have that space on our site. Um, and again, same thing with committees too. Um, we, can, we can put photos from convention, you know, any, any materials that you think are pertinent. Um, you know, you can send those over, and, and we will be looking for this. There are many ways that we can. I was working with Oklahoma Council for Blind um, to create a new logo for them. Um, their idea of what they wanted to do with their Um, it was really fun um, because, you know, there was, you know, such a strong interest in, in the logo and making it successful and they really knew what they wanted. Um, so I, after I put the logo together, um, I sent them multiple file types. So, you know, different situations we use file type, also different colors, their, their full color and everything. And we even chose them a Pantone, which is a color that you can match with when you're going to the printer. Um, so Sandy Evans from OCB actually sent me uh, their new business card a few months ago using the logo, um, and it was really cool to see it in person and in use and everything. Um, so if that's something that you guys are interested in, if, there's, if your affiliate desperately needs a new logo, um, please contact me. I have a very busy schedule, so I, you'll have to kind more than happy to help. It's like a little art project for me, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> so um, yeah, just feel free to contact me. I'd be more than happy to help you. Um, another way that we can help you guys is through your Facebook pages. Um, I know Katie Frederick and I worked with Florida Council of the Blind to um, uh, kind of just start their Facebook page. They really wanted to do it themselves, but they wanted to know kind of best practices, what kind of information they should use, what they should put where. And so we had a call with them to kind of talk about that. 
that's something we can do with any affiliate. You know, if you, if you are interested in starting a Facebook page and you don't know how, or you just want to know if your header image uh, looks correctly in the, um, on the page or your profile image is displaying correctly, that's something that we can help with for sure. Um, I can also help you crop existing photos like, uh, you know, your profile picture or your header image so that you can use it for your Facebook page. Um, so please let me know if um, anybody needs any help. You can also contact Katie. Um, Katie puts really valuable input um, when, we, when we meet to talk about these things. And I don't use a screen reader, so Katie is um, extra, extra valuable because she can help me with some of the accessibility issues that some people um, encounter when they, when they use Facebook and Twitter. Um, other than that, um, I'm going to be sending out our new logo uh, in multiple formats uh, to all our, our affiliate presidents. So if you use our old logo on your website or on your Facebook page, um, you'll have that file available so that you can start using our new look because I personally kind of like our logo. <laughs> um, last thing I'm going to talk about um, is our social media pages. Um, we've been doing really well. Um, I, I love handling our social media. It's lots of fun. Um, uh, this time last year on Facebook, we had 3,327 likes. Um, currently, we have 4,044 likes. So we're finally over 4,000, which is awesome. And that's a... <laughs> that's a 21% increase. And then on Twitter, we had 2,218 followers this time last year. And currently, we have 2,619, which is an 18% increase in followers. Or, yes, followers. <laughs> um, I did want to ask if anybody had any questions, especially about the affiliate pages or the committee pages. Raise your hand. Nancy's coming. For the, this is Karen Campbell. For the committee pages, what are you looking for exactly? Um, you know, you can you can provide a photo of your committee members, um, a statement about what your committee does. It's something that a lot of our pages are lacking. So you know, you can't even tell like what the committee really does. You know, what the purpose of it. So photos. Um, you know, any other materials that you think would enhance uh, users' understanding of what you do as a committee? Hello. Um, Lynn Heller, Friends in Art. Kelly, can you, can you help with the page if we've already got a page? Can you link to that page? We need, you know, some work on it, but we already have established a page. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. If you guys okay. give us our, our, your web address, if we don't already have it on there, we will definitely put it on the page for sure. This is Judy Wilkinson, yeah. California. Kelly, is there a way that, uh, do we have some kind of agreement or uh, that we can actually work with the Louisville group for our pages? Uh, some kind of discounted price for affiliates? Uh, no, not currently. Um, I couldn't. Yeah, we we can work with you, but um, that's something. Yeah, that's that's something that we're not currently doing. Okay. 
Um, Cheryl Cummings from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just wondering if you would consider doing a webinar on maybe setting up a Facebook page and how to do that. Yeah, that, that is definitely something that we could consider, for sure. Um, I know uh, last year we did like a workshop at convention, um, Katie Frederick and I. So maybe we could do a webinar, or we could do a webinar at convention, or we could have a convention session or something like that. I'll, I'll talk, talk to her about that and others. What about main menu? Okay, yeah, put it on main menu. <laughs> All right, do we have any other questions? Hi, this is Maria Kristich in Albany, New York. Would you suggest, if an affiliate does have a web presence, would you suggest that they also, say, perhaps duplicate some of their about content on that ACB affiliate page just to make it more of a one-stop shop? Or is the assumption, you know, if someone sees a link to a website that that's sufficient and they're going to you know, hopefully click on that and see the full experience? I think it would still be nice to add some information. We can have your... Um, you know, your URL in there, so obviously people will be encouraged to visit your website, but I think it would be good to have, you know, a little bit more about the organization, any photos, because um, it really enhances uh, the, our, using our site as a resource. This is Lisa from San Lorenzo, California. Um, it, it might be a far off project, but um, it would be neat if you could type in your zip code or or allow um, the website to um, view your location and find a chapter in your in your general area, like you do for a lot of things on a lot of different websites. Yes, that would that would be cool. I don't know when we would be able to do that because um, you know it's it you have to yeah, but, but we will put it on our wish list. <laughs> Hi, it's Charlie Crawford from GDY, and um, I, Maria just got up and that reminded me of Zoom. Um, I've recently been starting to deal with, uh, with Zoom, that platform for teleconferencing and all that, and it's pretty exciting stuff and very accessible. I'm just wondering if ACB is involved with that and in what way. This is Kim, and Charlie, you're absolutely right. It is a, a super dynamic tool, um, and at 4.15 today, there's a, going to be a presentation about Zoom, how you as affiliates can use it, um, how it can help you in what you do, how it can help you save money, enhance your communication, um, all those different things. And um, I've got a team of four people that are going to be demoing from all the different ways that you can get into Zoom because, as you know, you can, you can still call in with Zoom. You can click on a URL and be in it with Zoom. You can use the quick call iPhone link. Um, so there's lots of ways to use Zoom, and that doesn't even begin to talk about using it for other things other than conferencing. So 
it's a it's a very dynamic tool, and I think you're going to be pretty excited about the presentation this afternoon. Okay, it looks like we got one more question. Not a question, just a quick comment. I, I think that's the school about the affiliate stuff being up on the website. Um, and the main thing would be really, what would be really cool is have like peop, the uh, individual affiliates calendar of events up there and information as well as, like you said, Kelly, some pictures and stuff so we know what was going on in each state yeah. and each special affiliate. So very cool. Great. Got <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. As, as you can tell, there's so many things we can do with, with the acb.org website and with all of your affiliate websites linking together um, by providing information and resources, making it a one-stop to give people the information they're looking for. So there's a lot we can do, and Kelly is great about helping. So if, you're, if you have any questions, you know, talk to the Oklahoma people, talk to the Florida people. They've, the, any of the DKM folks who are here can tell you um, they've had real positive experiences working with Kelly. So um, all right, thank you. Our next presentation is um, about something that's very important to ACB, one of our main communication channels, ACB Radio, and ACB Link, the um, smartphone app that um, helps connect people to resources and information within ACB. So um, I've asked Jeff Bishop, who is um, on the ACB Board of Directors and incredibly involved as um, the director of, well, I call him the director of ACB Radio, the title is, and, but he's, um, he's the chair of the ACB Radio Management Committee. He works with Larry Turnbull, our contract, contractor for ACB Radio. And Jeff is just always there behind the scenes. Um, he's he's uh, covering um, this meeting and tomorrow's meeting at the ACB Radio table. So he's going to share with you what's new with ACB Radio and a new project that he's um, embarked on that I think you're going to be really excited about. So thank you, Jeff, for everything you do. Thanks, Kim. Good morning, everybody. Well, so what's new with ACB Radio? Pretty much everything is on course. We're uh, Happy to say that all seven of our streams are live and well. And in fact, we're uh, broadcasting on live event today. Uh, ACB Radio Mainstream and Cafe and Treasure Trove Interactive World Live and Special Event uh, are the seven streams. Uh, all of them can be accessed with ACB Link both on iOS and on Android. Yay. That's right. So you now can uh, access that on Android as well. Uh, there will be a newer version of ACB Link coming out later this year for iOS for new iPad models. So for those of you wanting to uh, run that on iPad, that uh, it works fine now. But there's some there's some low vision issues that we're addressing with some uh, 
vertical, uh, vertical and horizontal bars that are appearing inside the app. It's a, it's a sizing issue we, we need to get resolved. Um, a, a note about Treasure Trove. For those I know, how many of you love all-time radio? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? So Treasure Trove, if you, if you have specific content that you want there, we have a, a, a very large library that we have both purchased as well as have been donated by Bill Sparks at uh, radiolookup.org. So we have the full Bill Sparks collection at our disposal for broadcasting on uh, Treasure Trove. But if, if you want to hear something specific, uh, then do let us know. So you know you can hear us on, on the iPhone, you can hear us on Android, and uh, you, can, you can hear us for, on your computer, but where else, where else would you like to hear us? Alexa. Yeah, well, ACB Link is coming to Alexa. Okay, now, we have a number of skills already in the store, in the Alexa store. So when you get home, you can activate these. I have my iPhone here, and I'll show you one or two of them. Um, and we'll, we'll put up uh, an announcement out on Announce and on Leadership for those of you who uh, want to have more information, and I'll get that done when I get home. ACB Link itself, as a skill, is going to take a little more time to develop. Uh, initially, it will, it will play our streams but it really is meant to be used as a communication vehicle for ACB. What does that mean for you as leaders in this organization? It means that if you want something that skill to do for you and your affiliate, then you're gonna need to let us know. Because really, it's all about what can I ask and what can you tell me, right? And there's really no limit as to what the skill can provide to people. So, uh, it's kind of exciting in that front. Now, <clears throat> you can actually use Alexa on your iPhone. Didn't know if you all knew that or not. Yeah, so you can do this with the Amazon Alexa app. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> do you talk to the Alexa, Tyler? Do you, do you talk to your Echo? He does, do you? All right, so. So I know that many of you have had difficulties um, accessing uh, ACB radio on the Echo, right? Uh, you can't, you know, God knows you've got to know exactly what to say to the silly thing for it to come up, and uh, it's, it's a little challenging. So we made it really, we're going to make it really, really simple. Uh, AC, the ACB link skill itself will have a little more complexity to it, but we wanted to provide a way for you to... Um, to do this uh, really simple with some basic skills that are out there now. So, I'm on the uh, Ask Alexa tab here in this app. I'm gonna double tap on it. Here's what I'm going to say. Open ACB Radio Mainstream. Welcome back to ACB Radio's Mainstream channel. They've taken decluttering to heart have little interest in filling their shells with figurines or anything. There you go. So you can do this right now. Okay. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> you, 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 you can do this now with uh, mainstream. So you can say open ACB radio mainstream. 
you can say open ACB radio treasures, as in treasures, not treasure trove, because you can't use four words. So there's a little bit of limitation there. So it's ACB radio treasures and ACB radio cafe, as well as ACB radio live. We're not going to show live because we're broadcasting there and God knows that would create a problem. <laughs> but we're going we're to bring the other three streams to you. Uh, apparently Amazon doesn't like broadcasting uh, ECB Radio Interactive and it's kind of funny because the same artists are also, some of the same artists are played on Cafe so I don't understand. We have to prove we have licenses <laughs> to be able to stream that content. So we have, to, we have to fix that and we'll do that next week. So we'll let you know when all seven of these are live as we work through this process with Amazon and we'll give you further updates. We hope to have ACB Link on Amazon Echo and Alexa by convention. Okay? So, but again, this is going to take some time. So I'm just letting you know that, you know, as development goes, uh, <laughs> uh, can't, make, can't make definitive promises, but that's our goal. Any questions? All right. Kim, it's all yours. Oh, I think there's questions. Oh, there are questions? Okay. Oh, sure. Oh. Sorry about that. Somebody with a mic will... No, you need a mic for the stream. Oh, I, I was looking for it. Okay. We're, we were mis misplaced the wireless microphone. Is this... Okay. okay. There we go. There you go. Who, was, who had questions? Go ahead. Come your way. <laughs> yes, Jeff, this is Sheila Young from Florida. Hi. I cannot get my Victor to connect to the Crown Plaza Wireless to listen to ACB radio. Ah, okay. That's probably due to... Uh yeah it's, yeah, it's probably due to the authentication at the hotel, and I'm not sure that there's a solution to that. Do you, do you have a smartphone? Yeah. Okay. Um, depending upon your carrier, you could use your hotspot on that to be able to connect. That might be your best solution for that. Any other yeah. questions? We've got one more. Yes. Uh, Last night we uh, we got our victor to go right to the to it. We didn't have any problem at all. So Sheila, talk to the uh, Victor Reader ACB support group network, which is out there, and uh, get your Victor stream at, at break, and maybe somebody can help come, you come, get connected. Come to the ACB radio table. We'll uh, have I think there's a you. lot of um, support. I connected with the wireless here at the hotel with my Victor stream. And it worked just fine. Okay, so good. you just have to pick the right, you know, pick the right choice. The list okay. was a little long, but I think it's just Crown Plaza. So, and it's open and I all don't that have one, stuff. I don't have my stream with me, so. Yeah. All right, any other questions? So, so Jeff. Yes. I have a question. Yes. How are we going to communicate all this great information? Are you going to work with Kelly and the communications team? Yeah. To we'll write do, up a release? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll put it, we'll get an article written for the forum. 
and uh, we'll um, also make sure it gets out on announce. We'll get it up on the website and all of that. So just stay leadership, tuned. And then what are you all going to do with it when you get it on leadership? That's what I wanted yeah, to hear. Absolutely. Yay. Yep, absolutely. Share it. Make sure it get funnels down to people that have really been asking us for the Alexa features yep. to connect with ACB. And, and again, I, I, it, be thinking about what you would want the skill to be able to tell people about your affiliate. Um, that's really important. So, you know, uh, We'll, we'll make sure that we provide a way that you can get that information to, to us. And uh, I'll work with uh, Kelly and Larry and everybody to make sure that can happen. Okay? Jeff, we have one more question. Jeffrey. Wow. Four. Oh, I said Jeff. Sorry. Oh, you just said, okay, okay. Wow. This is Karen Campbell. One question. Um, some. Some of the podcasts I can get for ACB Radio, I can get on my stream. The one I can't is the uh, ACB Advocacy. Is that available on the stream yet? I don't know that yes. it, is it is. it? Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. How do you get it? What do you have to type in to get it? I think I typed in ACB in the search, and it brought up all the ACB Radio streams, and I just kept going. And then there was ACB advocacy. Okay, good. So it was quite easy anywhere. to do. I'll try it, thanks. Uh huh. So if you're a Victor Stream aholic like I am, um, just try typing in ACB and check all the things that come up. Okay. I didn't mean to say that word, alcoholic, or whatever I said. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I I personally want to thank. Jeff Bishop for the work that he has put in. He is tremendous. He is a technical wizard in my book. And uh, this is just wonderful. And uh, I'm so excited about it. And I think our members are going to be just delighted. So thank you, Jeff. Um, I would like the BOP folks to, you know, boogie their way up here. Um, <laughs> so. Um, our next presentation is going to be from two representatives from the Board of Publications, more about communication. They're going to talk about um, the key BOP initiatives that they've been working on, the um, ACB Braille Forum and the eForum, um, editorial policies, awards, large print program. Um, town halls, candidates pages, they do a lot of things within our organization. And thank goodness they do, because these are really important things for us, for our affiliates, for our membership. So I'm going to recognize um, Deb Cook-Lewis from uh, Clarksville, Clarkston. I put Clarksville. I told you. I, I am so fixated on... Take the last train to Clarksville and you'll meet me at the station. <laughs> so I literally put that in the program. She lives in Clarkston, Washington. So, Deb, I'm sorry. I'll get it right one of these days. And Mr. Paul Edwards, thank you. And that was my memorial to 
Oh uh, yeah, and the and the laugh of the whole thing is that they've stopped the trains to Clarkston, so there are, isn't even going to be a last train. I I thank you all, for, and it's great to be here with you today. Um, I w I wanted to start out by um, by thanking the people who help us behind the scenes so much. Certainly, um, Sharon Lovering is our right-hand person <laughs> and and I and we couldn't do this any of what we do without Sharon we really also couldn't do anything we do without Eric and Kim's support because they both just really um, make a difference for the Board of Publications and and all of our behind-the-scenes people our members and our ex-officio members um, we're going to talk about a few things and Paul's going to start out by talking about our um, new themed issues of the ACB e-forum and he's also, he gets to talk about a really fun thing and then he also gets to talk about the editorial policy. So Paul, I'm going to let you um, give a couple of words here for those and I'm going to back up. Good morning. So. How many people have noticed the themed issues of the Braille Forum? So, do we like them? Well, just for fun, do we not like them? That's good. Now I won't have to punish you. <laughs> we think they're really exciting, um, and they represent a way for us to make use of something that we should probably thank the Board of Directors and ACB for, which is they have been kind enough to increase the size of both the Braille Forum and the E-Forum by 15%. So thank you so much, you guys. We appreciate your recognizing the fact that ACB money spent on selling ACB to everybody is money well spent. So thank you, Kim. Thank you, Budget. Thank you, David. <laughs> so our themed issues, we think, are really exciting because they give us an opportunity to focus on specific issues. Coming up in April, we have uh, an issue that will deal with medical issues. Uh, the deadline is almost there. In fact, it's the 28th. So if you have an article that you'd like to submit, with regard to a medical issue, do it now. But we will be publishing on leadership and in other places what our next themed issues are, and we encourage all of you uh, to write for us for our themed issues. We also encourage you to let us know what themes you think we ought to consider. What are the important issues that you want to know more about? Let us know and we will take your suggestions very seriously. We're excited about the opportunity that we have to give ACB what they want out of the Braille Forum. And I think we've made a huge step forward in going in the direction of themed issues. We're also going to be using our Braille Forum issues to do mini themes so that even though they're not going to be full-themed issues, we're going to try to choose topics that would allow themselves to have a few articles and still try to do mini-themes in our hard-copy issues. So we're excited about that. And now, 
I get to talk about the editorial policy manual. <laughs> the editorial policy manual is something that we try to update on a pretty regular basis, but this time we are not updating it, we are overhauling it. For the last several years, what we have tended to do in the Board of Publications is to kind of um, see what needed to change, make the changes, and, and leave the skeleton and the anatomy of the, uh, of the policy manual essentially the same. We are not doing that this year. Um, we've held a lot of meetings of a special committee, um, which I'm happy to say is ably chaired by Deb, who is behind me. And um, she and I are, I guess, the two primary forces behind the editorial policy manual. And we've essentially uh, rewritten it from cover to cover and tried to bring uh, the policy manual into line with what the realities are today, but at the same time, uh, keep <coughs> the importance of the Board of Publications clearly defined. That policy manual is currently available on our website, the old version, and the new version will be too. So if you ever want to know what is ACB's policy about large print? What is ACB's policy about the candidates forum? What is ACB's policy with regard to why do we have a board of publications anyway? All of the answers to those questions will be in the new policy manual and are in the old one. So we're excited about the work that we're doing with that. And to talk about some of the other things we're working on, I'm going to hand you back to Miss Deborah. The mic? Oh, there it is. <laughs> okay, it's it's a little tall for me. All right. Um, so thanks, Paul. And and I, yeah, I think one of the things that you'll see in our new um, policies is the um, real collaboration that we have with so many committees and groups um, working throughout ACB. And I think that's a real hallmark of the work that we've been doing the last couple of years. Um, well, last year we talked about our um, large print guidelines that we worked on with, in great collaboration with, with CCLVI and others. And um, over the summer we, we tested those out in a number of ways. We know that they've been pretty successful in our production of the um, ACB Braille Forum, for example. But we got some amazing amounts of feedback that it was kind of um, overwhelming for the convention program and that we needed to really do some work on that. So we are back at the uh, drawing board on that area and we will have some um, good news about that I think very, very shortly because there's been some very good collaboration again with um, Sharon and CCLVI and others to, um, to work out some uh, different um, processes around the convention program in particular because it's such a large document and people use it in different ways from other documents. And we're also looking at having the convention program available in um, HTML on the website and, and um, all of the formats that we already do. In the future, we um, will be adding um, both text and audio daisy to our um, abilities for um, production of documents. And um, we already are there for the um, Braille Forum and eForum, but we need to be able to be there for other documents. And so as capacity is available to us 
and budget and other things, we will be making those changes as well. But we do want to know that we definitely um, heard you about improving the quality and formatting of the conference and convention program. So we um, invite you to uh, give us additional feedback about that, um, both now and, and, and as we produce this again with the convention committee and others, and we really appreciate that. Um, I want to just close by um, acknowledging all of our BOP members. Our, our chairperson, um, Ron Brooks, does so much for us in, in uh, working with many committees and, and activities and has just really helped bring us along um, in a great way. And our other members, of course, you've heard from me and from Paul and um, uh, Susan Glass and Penny Reeder also serve with us on the BOP. And, um, and, and do a lot behind the scenes and um, have made great contributions. I also want to just mention that we have um, uh, uh, award nominations coming up and particularly we are looking for nominees for the um, Liggett Award, which is the, um, uh, the award we give to newsletters, outstanding um, newsletters and we have not been able to give that award for a couple of years now because we have not had a nomination so um, if you have an affiliate newsletter that you're proud of and that you think is reaching your affiliate and doing good things we'd really like to hear from you and you can ask us to even help you you know get the pieces together for the nomination we we will um, be glad to give you technical assistance we really want to give this award because we know that there are some great um, things. Also, um, just to mention quickly, the candidates webpage will exist again this year. So um, for those who are planning to um, run for an ACB office, and I understand there will be a few available to run for this year, um, we're, we uh, tested out some processes last year to make some changes and we think those are working well. So the candidates web pages will be available. We last year tested using uh, Zoom and ACB radio to um, provide the candidates forum in advance of the convention so that more people could participate and we wouldn't be conflicting with so many things at the convention. And we think that worked well. We got good feedback, so we'll be doing that again. And again, we will be offering a town hall meeting to do an informal meet and greet with the candidates uh, when we are at the convention. So we have a lot going on in the Board of Publications. We are your Board of Publications. Our meetings are always open. They are almost always on the first Tuesday of the month by uh, telephone. We absolutely invite comment during the meetings and you'll know if you've participated with us that you are welcome and that you are heard at those meetings. And I thank you um, on behalf of all of us for uh, having us today. And we do have time for a few questions, Kim says. They better be easy though, and Paul will answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? We put them to sleep. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. This is Maria. Uh, can you clarify for me? I had thought that the Braille Forum 
was I knew that it was produced in the different, you know, the Braille, large print, and mm -hmm. cartridge, and email. But I and I thought that the e-form was only produced in email. Well, and also, no. of course, on the website too. Yeah, can you clarify? So is sure. the e-form? Yep, yeah. So the e-form is produced in everything but the hard copies. So that means it's on the website, of course, and in email, and it's on the cartridges. Yeah, the previous month, with the, with the Braille Forum, the e-forum goes out as well. So they all go out as a package. Um, so yes, and ACB reports on the cartridge as well. And oh yeah, and we have the telephone connection most of the time where you can also call and hear it. So no, it's everything but the hard copies. Uh, hello. <coughs> hello, this is Dan Spoon. Uh, wanted to thank you all for the themed e-forums. Hey. It's really, <clears throat> excuse me, energized our International Relations Committee. I'm yeah. fortunate enough to be the officer liaison. And it's really given uh, a project for the committee to, uh, you know, they applied and got selected to do the December mm -hmm. issue this year for mm -hmm. international relations and mm -hmm. blindness around the world. Mm -hmm. And it's really been a good way for the yes. committee to, to think of things and articles and reach out. And I just want to say... Thank you. It's, yeah. it's been, a, been you know, a real and, benefit. And it was great having them come to us and propose that. We welcome, you know, if any of you um, want have a committee that wants to get together and sort of, if you will, sponsor, I guess would be a way to put it, or develop an issue, um, and you bring that to us, that's what they did as they came with an idea, and they had done quite a bit of spade work to show that they were able to do this and ready to do this and we figured out when it makes sense and um and and everybody has come to an agreement about it and we'll help shepherd that through but i think it's wonderful yeah anything else raise your hand high you guys if you have a question there's no no more questions all right thank you so much I'm supposed to write an article for the next issue, and I don't remember what I said I would do. So. Hospitals something. You were going to do the, 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 what okay. you were doing with Mass General. Oh, thank you. Okay. I'll write that down. Thank you. They had an assignment for me, and I had forgotten what it was I was supposed to do. So now they've told me. Now I know what I have to do. Okay. <laughs> so thank you. All right. Lots going on with the Board of Publications. And, and again, I think, um, you know, I think there's some room again, Board of Publications folks, maybe we need a, like a one, we need an announcement or a release that tells all the different ways you can get the Braille Forum in one place that affiliates could put in their newsletters and on their websites. I think that might be helpful because we really try to make it available in just so many ways so people can't say to us, well, I can't get it. There, there, there's no can'ts about this. We've done a tremendous job of making it accessible. So, that's right. It's on, available as a subscription on your Victor Stream as well. That's great. All right. How many of you like to shop? Yay! Shopping, shopping. <laughs> well, how many of you like to shop for ACB stuff? Yay! Well, our next speaker is going to tell us all about the ACB Mini Mall 
And when you're not here live in person with us and having the opportunity to spend money directly, there's ways you can do it from home. So Carla is the manager of the Mini Mall for ACB Radio. And she's going to tell you about the Mini Mall, what they do, how they do it. And there's a phone number in the program. So you can call and order things from her. There's a website. And uh, thank you, Carla, for all you do to uh, make our, the products available. They're not, there are uh, just so many different things available, and you're going to be amazed. I think it, she brings so much with her. And I said, where's, your, where's the boxes? She can pack more away in her suitcases than anybody I know. So thank you, Carla. Good morning. I want to start out with a couple of thank yous. First of all, I want to thank Kim and the Board of Publications for helping us make a big change in how you can get information about the Mini Mall this year. Um, beginning with the, what's that, the October eForum issue last fall, the uh, the Mini Mall catalog was attached at the end uh, to that email and that went out in, November, uh, in October. In November, that meant that the Mini Mall catalog could then appear on the cartridge, the NLS cartridge that was mailed out. And that has made a really big difference in how people can find out about what's in the mini mall. Um, it will not appear with each issue of the uh, e-forum, but it will be three times a year. So it came out in October, and then we had the next one in February this month, and therefore it will be on the March cartridge. And then there will be another issue, and I think that'll be June, and uh, on the July cartridge. So we might massage those months just a little bit. Um, it would be great if we could get that, that uh, June issue out, maybe move it so that it comes out in April and May, so it's right before the convention. But um, we'll just see how that goes this year, and then if we have to change the, the months that it's attached, we can do that. But I really appreciate um, Kim helping us expedite that, uh, it made a huge difference. So thank you, Kim, and thanks BOP for helping us. Um, the other thing that I want to, uh, the other thank you goes out to everybody who has purchased things from the Mini Mall in 2018. We had a huge uh, convention this last July um, with, with the purchases at the Mini Mall but uh, outside of the convention, we only thought that we had had a, a good response in the past. But in December, we had the biggest month that we've ever had at the Mini Mall outside of the convention. And we did over $4,000 worth of business in the Mini Mall just around Christmas and New Year's. So you all were great shoppers at Christmas and New Year's. So thank you very much. And, we hope that we can keep that excitement going. 
Um, I want to talk to you just a little bit about what we have here today, and, and then um, I can take some questions if you have some uh, about, the, about the mini mall. We have our table in the back. If you were here last year, you know that we were set up as you're going out the door. We were to the left of the door. Well, we're back there again. And we, have, we don't have every item that we have in our catalog with us. Um, that would have been really difficult. And um, this year, thanks to Minnesota, they uh, shipped us a nice big box of things. And then um, we had a couple of other things come in. So, and also thanks to the DC office for receiving those things, which made it a lot less expensive to get them into the hotel and shipping them directly. So thanks, Sharon and everybody. Um, but we have, uh, if you like electronics, we've got some stuff back there. Um, we had a couple of new products at the uh, convention last July. And one was the four-port wall charger, the four-port uh, folding wall charger for your, um, for your USB devices. And then we also have the quick charger, which you can, um, it, goes, it plugs into the wall. And one, one thing can be plugged into it at a time. But for iPhone 8s and above, it will give you several hours charge for just a few minutes of charging. So um, that's a really neat little product. And also we have the light up power banks and they're very cool. If you haven't seen those, this was a new product last July. Um, they are in red and green and gray. I think it's what we, the colors that we have. Um, but when they are either charging, when, when you have them plugged in and they're charging, or when they are charging your phone or your tablet or whatever, um, the ACB logo lights up on them. So that's very cool. And, um, you know, in addition to the standard little lights that are on the a power bank, um, it, the ACB logo lights up, and, it, and I'm told it's really bright. So um, that's kind of a fun little feature on that. We also have with us, if you did not see the new... ACB backpacks. Um, they will hold most, uh, it will hold most 17 inch laptops. And we have a couple of those back there. Um, we also have the ACB uh, zippered tote bags with the new ACB logo on them in several colors. And uh, then we also have a new product this time. And that is uh, the uh, so the, there, it's a little silicone bracelet, suitable for men or women. So you guys, you know, it's not like, oh, I can't use this. Um, but it's a 32 gigabyte flash drive. And so, and so uh, you, you know, you, you, no more losing that flash drive down in a bag or whatever. Um, you know, you can just put it around your wrist or you can put it around a strap on a bag or um, you know, hook it to something inside a bag. So you've always got the drive that you want to use um, right there. And 30 gig 32 gigs will hold, you know, that'll hold quite a bit of stuff. So um, we have those in different colors and that is brand new. We've, we got them in at Christmas time. Uh, we didn't have much time to announce them at Christmas 
And so well, we've, this is really it's their coming out party. Um, the other thing that has changed is we had a zippered bag, uh, I think it was zippered, yes, um, that held nine flash drives. And we still have a bag, a little bag that holds nine flash drives, but this is a softer side bag and it comes in different colors. And so you might want to go back and check that out too. Um, this is the first time that we've had that particular style in that product. And it definitely is the first time we've had it in colors. So, um, and then we have long, extra long cables. Um, they are six to 10 foot cables. Um, and we have Android cables, we have uh, lightning cables for your iPhones, and we have a couple of the type C cables uh, for the Androids. Um, but um, since there are, since uh, when the, the manufacturer of cables doesn't always get them exactly the right length. That just drives me crazy. You know, if it's supposed to be a 10 foot cable, don't make it nine and a half feet, you know, make it 10. And, and, but I can't help that. And so because that's the way it is, um, we have some six foot cables and we have some nine or 10 foot cables, uh, depending on what, which one you pick up. Um, but all cables this weekend are going to be $14 for the long for the cables. That's our price on the six foot. And so, if you want a longer cable, well, it's it's all the same. They're all the same this weekend. Um, we have some of the other things that um, that we've just in general had quite a couple uh, had a couple of years. We have some of the credit card cases. I love my credit card case. Um, oh my goodness! I mean, even though. That I will tell you, the little slots inside on mine have come loose. But, oh, my goodness, I have so much stuff in that case. You know, the, the um, medical, the Anthem card, credit cards, my ID, hotel key, it's all in there. And you can just, you know, grab it out of your bag so quickly. So it's very cool. Um, there's some of the coasters back there. They make great little gifts, little thank you gifts. If you want to say thanks to somebody and have the ACB logo there on their desk so they, when they look at it, every time they put their coffee cup down, they see American Council of Blind, that's a good little product. Um, and finally, you'll find also, in case you just are a fidgeter, uh, you just plain, it just drives you crazy to sit and uh, still in a meeting all day, we have some of the snake cube puzzles and we have some of the mirror cube puzzles that we introduced last summer and they just flew off the table last summer. So if you didn't get one or you forgot and left yours home, um, then come back and grab one of those. They're 10 bucks and it's a, it's, and it also is a great little gift if you want something to take home to somebody. Um, so those are just some of the things in the mini mall. We did not bring any of the polo shirts or the fleece jackets with us. And we didn't bring canes with us either um, because space is so limited at these. But of course we have those, you can order those from, uh, from the mini mall. So the phone number to order things if you want to uh, place an order when you get home is 
One change that's going to be happening this year is very soon we are going to have products uh, available for order that feature the Rochester image. And that is described in the February catalog and they will be available within the next few weeks. And that's gonna include those things like mugs and steins and um, there'll be uh, a mess computer messenger bag, lots of different things. And the way we're going to do it this year, if all goes well, will allow you to direct order a lot more items than we've been able to have at the convention. So with that, I'll take questions if you have some. Anybody have a question? Phone number is 877-630-7190. If you want to visit us online, it's, uh, you, can, you can get to it with a link off of the main homepage uh, at acb.org. You can also get to the mini mall by, by uh, entering mall.acb.org. Carla? Yes. This is Judy Wilkinson. Do uh -huh. you still have products that you uh, share with affiliates so that they can make some money and you make some money too? Uh, yes, we can work with you on that. So you don't, is that now not an official thing or do you drop that? No, we, we just work directly with you on that. Okay. I will tell you that this last fall, um, our the, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation chapter did a fundraiser with the four port wall chargers and um, Amanda and, and Matt Selm are here. They can tell you that they did very well with those and they, they just had a great old sale. And the neat thing about ordering those through the mini mall was that they didn't have to meet a minimum that was, you know, that they would have had to have done if they ordered directly. So they didn't have a ton of them sitting around after their sale kind of wound down. So um, that's, a, that's a good thing. And we can work with you on those minimums. We're not going to want you just to order one item, but they started out with ordering 10, and um, that was much lower than if they'd had to purchase them directly. So... Yeah, please give us a call. Other questions? I don't see any more, Carla. No? Okay. Uh, I want to tell you one other thing, just mention it because um, it was mentioned in the program. Um, and just to kind of uh, let you know, what's, we're going to be talking about membership later on, but um, the Kentucky Council of the Blind has sponsored several Crossroads conferences in the past. And those conferences have been uh, two-day conferences to which we've invited people from other states and so on. We are going to have another Crossroads this year. It's only a one-day, so I'm not sure that uh, anyone from out of town would be interested in just coming in for one day. But our Crossroads conference this year is April 6th. And it is going to be, uh, the theme of it is remember the member. So it's obviously about recruitment and retention. And, um, and so if, if you're interested in more information on that, uh, you, can, you can contact us. Hey, it's, Carla? Yes. Hi. This is Lynn from Friends in Art. Mm -hmm. I just was brainstorming a little bit. I was just wondering if you would be willing to work with another affiliate 
or an affiliate to develop maybe a product with ACB and another like ACB FIA on it to sell? Um, Lynn, sometimes it's hard to put, we can, we can work at it, but, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to put two images on an item. Some will allow you to imprint on both sides uh, and others will not. And um, so that becomes a little dicey. Also, there are sometimes more costs involved in putting an additional image on. But, uh, you know, all things are possible if we, if we work through it. So, um, you know, let's, we, we can give it a try. So, any other questions? Anybody else? Hi, this is Sharon Strakowski. Just a general comment that there's a lot of buzz of conversation in here. And no need. Uh, she disappeared. If you guys can keep conversations a little low when there's somebody up at the front, it, did, it does get hard to hear who's ever speaking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, hi, Carla. This is, this is Maria. I, hi, I'm Maria. Hi. Uh, I'm wondering in terms of the Crossroads uh, conference, are you going to have some of that audio recorded and on sound prints like you did for the We will time? have some of it on sound prints. Mm -hmm. um, so be sure and, and listen. We probably won't have everything on there. You all know that those of you that listen to sound prints, that's the weekly um, audio magazine that the Kentucky Council of the Blind puts out. We have it, it's on ACB radio, but it's also a podcast, and we also mail out CD versions of that to people who don't have computers, and you know, at least in our state, or people that are members and whatever. Um, and so if you, if you follow that, you'll know that last year, Dan Spoon was our national um, person at, at um, Crossroads, and we had his banquet address on there, and it was great. Um, I can tell you that some of the sessions, like the small concurrent sessions, probably won't lend themselves to um, being posted, but we will put some of the information up, I'm sure. Okay? All right. Well, thank you very much. Come back and see us in the mini mall. Thank you. Will you save a micro C cable for me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. for the Android. You want the note taker. Long one. The C. C. I'm shopping up here. Please, please uh, don't interrupt. You know. <laughs> so, I'm shopping. <laughs> um, I think Brian did a lot of uh, my Christmas shopping at the mini mall because I have one of those four-in-one plug chargers now from the from the uh, next generation folks and. That's my go-to uh, charger when I travel because I can take that, plug it into the lamp, and then take the four cables that I need for my phone, my note taker, my Victor Stream, and whatever else I need. And it's a whole lot easier than going around and finding, where's the charger for my note taker? Where's the charger for my phone? <laughs> and I can leave things at home intact. I don't have to disconnect everything. So it's a great great thing. Um, I also got a cane. Now I'm a guide dog user, so I had this backup cane. I must have got it when I was 14, I swear. The elastic band, when you pulled on it to put the cane together, 
came out about six feet of elastic <laughs> that I had to wrap around the cane so that I wouldn't trip on it. So it was time for a new cane. <laughs> so, so I have a very cool one now with a, one of those spinning tips and all that kind of stuff. You know, state of the art for me, that was, that was good. Um, and Dolly didn't even get upset, so that was nice. <laughs> all right. Are you curious who's here? Well, it's time for our mic runner person to uh, grab that microphone. And we're going to do self-introductions. So if you could um, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from. And I particularly would like to know if this is the first time you've been to leadership, um, DC, Washington, DC leadership training. Um, we're calling it something new now. Mid-year is gone, so we're not going to use those terms anymore. The DC leadership training. So, meetings. Okay, Eric's coaching me. DC leadership meetings. So, um, so you're going to tell me who you are, if this is your first time here, and I also want to know who are the ACB Next Generation J.P. Morgan Scholarship winners who are here as well this time. So you guys will say that you are a, a J.P. Morgan Scholarship person, a fellow, whatever you want to say. Sort of. All right. We also have a new feature that I want you all to remember. And you only have to remember one number that's important to you. We have table numbers this year, and that's going to be important a little later today. So we're going to go by table numbers to introduce each table. So you will know your table number. So let's go ahead. Where are we starting? We are going to start at table two because nobody chose table one to sit at. There's nobody at table Nobody's one. Nobody's number one here, you guys. No number one. So okay. we're starting at table two. <laughs> The ACB radio people are going to eat their lunch over at table number one, they said. Right. Okay, Rebe table Re number two. Rebecca Bridges, Arlington, Virginia. Hi, hi, my name's Tyler. Karen Campbell, um, Illinois, and this is, I'm not sure w what number this is, but it's not my first one, that's for sure. <laughs> Good morning. This is Ray Campbell, Secretary of ACB, also a member of the Illinois Board of Directors. Uh, I bring regards from our president, Rachel Schroeder, who could not be here, and, uh, but is listening, from Glen Ellen, Illinois. Good morning. Clark Rockfall. I am the new Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for ACB in the National Office here in Alexandria, Virginia. So we are moving on to table number three. I'm Alice Richart from Brunswick, Georgia, president of the Georgia Council. It's not my first rodeo. And one is the loneliest number here at this table. Oh, there is somebody with <laughs> And at table four, we have? Corey Cadlick. I am a J.P. Morgan Fellowship 
uh, recipient. And of Massachusetts. First time, first time being here. Uh, I am Nicholas McNeil, also a JP Morgan uh, fellow, and from Florida, first time. Rick Browning, I'm from here in Alexandria, and I've been to a few of these. Donna Browning from Alexandria, Virginia. And welcome to everybody to our wonderful city. We hope you enjoy your stay. You guys, can you make sure you're putting your mic right up almost to your mouth? Otherwise, it's hard for everybody to hear who you are. I'm, good morning. I'm Sandra Sermons, Rockville, Maryland, um, Chair of International Relations. This is not my first um, leadership seminar. Hello, Marie Brinius from Fairfax. Um, I was also a J.P. Morgan um, recipient. Uh, what else am I? Treasurer and immediate past of ACB of Virginia, treasurer of the local chapter Nova Council, and um, IV membership secretary. Hello, I'm Jay Doudna from Oklahoma, here representing the Vicki Golightly, the president of the Oklahoma Council of the Blind. On behalf of all of us in Oklahoma, we say greetings. Good morning. Doug Powell from Falls Church, Virginia, on the ACB board. And uh, aren't you glad that we warmed it up so you guys didn't have to trudge through snow this week? Okay, so we are moving on to table number five. Jill Noble, President, ACB Ohio. Molly Marsnick, ACB Ohio. Alan Peterson, North Dakota Association of the Blind from North Dakota. It's a little cold out there, but warm greetings from North Dakota. I'm the Development Director for North Dakota Association for the Blind, of the Blind. Good morning. This is Zelda Gebhardt. Um, I'm the president of the North Dakota Association of the Blind, and I'm happy to be here. Um, Carol Schmidt. Carol Schmidt from North Dakota also, and I'm a first-timer. Good morning. This is Sylvia Reese from Sacramento, California. I'm not with my California friends because their table is full. Thank you, North Dakota, for inviting me over here. Okay, and we're moving on to table six. Good morning, Dan Sipple, President of Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And this is my first time in D.C. this year. I'm Lacey Coward. I'm the Secretary for the North Carolina uh, Council, and I'm here on behalf of Terry Lewis, our President. I'm here with my dad, Marty, and this is our first time here. My name is James Edwards. I'm here on my fourth time here. Um, I live in a little town called Lakeside, Oregon. Um, this is my tenth and final year of president of the American Council of Blind of Oregon. Where? <laughs> oh, jeez. Hi, I'm Art Stevenson, second vice president of the state of Oregon and also the legislative chairperson for Oregon. 
Good morning. I'm Mary Lee Turner from Portland, Oregon, and the um, Metro Portland PDX chapter, and this is my first time. Okay, so we are moving on to table number seven. Good morning. This is Peggy Garrett. I am president of ACB of Texas, and I also chair of the Multicultural Affairs Committee, and this is definitely not my first go-around. <laughs> and I'm Michael Garrett, first vice president of ACB of Texas, and serving on several committees at, at ACB, and this is not my first time here. Um, good morning, this is Cheryl Cummings from Massachusetts. Hi, this is Min Ha from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm president of ACB Students, and I'm here as a J.P. Morgan Chase Fellow. Debbie Etheridge, Lowell, Kentucky, President of Kentucky Council of the Blind. This is Adam Reshevel from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm a board member as a chapter representative on the Kentucky Council of the Blind. I'm also treasurer of ACB lines, and I keep track of their money. I'm treasurer for... ACB families, and I'm at home with their money, and I'm treasurer for Library Users of America, and I keep their books. Good morning, everybody. This is Jason Jones. I am from the American Council of the Blind Affiliate Texas chapter, also part of the Houston Council of the Blind in Houston, Texas. And this is my first time here. Okay, at table eight. Hi, my name is Amanda Selm. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I am the chair of the ACB Next Generation Committee. And this is my first time at the DC Leadership Conference. And I am a JP Morgan Chase Scholarship recipient. And hello, this is her better half, Matt Selm. I'm, uh, <laughs> That's okay, I'm always in the doghouse. I am, I am also a J.P. Morgan Chase fellow, and this is also my first time. Hello, my name is... Hello, my name is Daisy Russell. I am the president of Bay State Council of the Blind Students. I'm obviously from Boston, Massachusetts, and I am honored to be a J.P. Morgan Chase uh, scholarship winner this year. Hi, I'm Maria Kristich. I'm from Albany, New York. I'm on leadership positions in uh, GDUI and BPI and on some other committees with other special interest affiliates. Uh, and I am also uh, very grateful for the opportunity to be here. This is my first time, and I'm a JP Morgan Scholarship recipient. Hi. Hi, I'm Lisa Christian. Am I in the mic? 
Uh, hi, I'm Lisa Cushman. I'm from San Lorenzo, California. Um, this is not my first time, and I feel very honored to be a uh, J.P. Morgan Chase Scholarship Fellow. Thank you. Hi, I'm Brooke Jostad. I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado, and I'm the. This is my second legislative seminar, and I'm a J.P. Morgan Scholarship Fellow and the chair of the Employment Committee. Good morning, this is Sarah Conrad from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm on the ACB Board of Directors and I'm President of the Council of Citizens of Low Vision International. Good morning everybody, this is Claire Stanley. I live in Washington, D.C. and I work in the National Office as the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. Okay, so we are moving on to table nine. Good morning. My name is Herbert Rio. I'm from Louisiana. I'm the treasurer of the Louisiana Council of the Blind, and I serve on the RSVL, RSVA Board of Directors. Good morning. My name is Angelo Rito, and I'm my husband, and I'm here supporting him today, and I am a member of the Louisiana Council of the Blind. Good morning, my name is Anna Shelton, I'm with Tupelo, Mississippi. Good morning, I'm Terry Shelton, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, former president of the Council of the Blind, chairman of Mississippi Randolph Shepherd Blind Vendors. Thank you. Okay, and at table 10. Hello everybody, I'm ACB, this is Teresa Curry, Gonzalez, Louisiana. This is Pierre Curry, Gonzalez, Louisiana, representing Louisiana Council of the Blind, and this is not my first time. I'm Rosemary Facilla from Muskegon, Michigan, president of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, and also treasurer of our newly formed Mitten Phone Chapter. Melena Vanderwall. Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, Chair of our Resolutions Committee and our Accessible, Accessible Prescription Labeling. Good morning, this is Cheris Austin. I'm Treasurer of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Good morning, I'm John Jarzina immediate past president of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired from Ray, Michigan. My name, my name is Warren Cushman, and I have been a member of the Council for, American Council of the Blind for quite a while, and this is my very first time in D.C. Okay, and at table 11... Good morning, this is... This is Chris Gray from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, definitely not my first time. About maybe 25, I have no idea. But it's great to be here and great to be at this uh, leadership conference. Hi, this is Naomi Sewell, sorry about my voice. Um, 
I'm president of the Missouri Council of the Blind, and I've lost count. John McCann, current second vice president of the American Council of the Blind, president of Arizona, uh, past president of BITS, uh, jack of all trades after a fashion. It snowed in Tucson, so the world as I know it no longer exists. Um, global warming, they say. Uh, and I've been coming since the early 80s, so don't ask me how many times I've been here. Vicki Pran from Columbus, Ohio, and this is definitely not my first time either. Katie, Fred Katie Frederick from Columbus, Ohio, member of the ACB, ACB Board of Directors, and apparently I need more coffee so I can talk. <laughs> Karen Spry. Hello. Karen Spry from Fairfield, Ohio, ACBO. Good morning, Gabriel Lopez Cafati from Miami, Florida. Vice, I'm sorry, trying to remember my <laughs> positions. Second Vice President of the Miami Beach Council of the Blind, President of Blind LGBT Pride International, BPI, thank goodness for acronyms, and proud member of the Sizable Florida delegation. Uh, Jim Crott. Not my first time up here. Uh, immediate past president, Florida Council of the Blind, and member board of directors of ACB from Miami, Florida. Okay, at table 12. Patty, Cord Patty Cordell, member of FCB in Florida. Sheila Young. <coughs> Sheila Young, president of the Florida Council. This is my first time. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia. And I just couldn't wait to say this, but you know what? It's all of our first time at the leadership conference. They changed the name, so it's everybody's first time. <laughs> I, I was hoping it would get to me before somebody else. <laughs> anyway, I, now, now hold on. They're, they're putting words in my mouth. Again. I am the chair of the ACB Walk Committee, so you will hear from me this afternoon, and you will be uh, encouraged to walk and join us. Good morning, Leslie Spoon, Orlando, Florida, immediate past president of CCLVI and auction co-chair. So you'll be hearing from me later. <laughs> and she has, she has chocolate. Uh, Dan Spoon, ACB first vice president uh, from Orlando, Florida. Good morning, Dan Dillon from Hermitage, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. I serve on the American Council of the Blind Board of Directors. Welcome. Don Corey from Indianapolis, Indiana. Good morning, Tom Tobin, ACB Director of Development from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, we've got table 13. Good morning, Ellen Telker from Milford, Connecticut. And I'm standing in for our president, and I don't know. I started coming in the early 2000s, so it's not my first time, but I've not been coming 30 years like some of you either. So. Hi, I'm 
Hi, I'm Julianne Lieberman. I'm first vice president of Pennsylvania Council of Blind. Sending best wishes from our executive team, uh, Sue Lichtenfels, our president. And I was so impressed last year that I came back for a second year. Good morning. This is Sam Yale, and then as the newly elected president of ACB of Virginia, I would like to welcome you to our fine Commonwealth. We're working on moving out the rain and the snow and bringing in some nice 60 degree weather for you today. So I hope you manage to get outside and enjoy the nice weather. I've been to a mid-year meeting or two in, in my past, but this is my first year going on the hill, so I'm very excited. Morning, everybody. It's Charlie Crawford, and this is my 47th year in ACB. Uh, <laughs> and um, I am here representing the Guide Dog Users Incorporated, uh, since Penny Reader, our president, is not able to come this, this time. But uh, this is not my first rodeo, for sure. Uh, and I just want to thank everybody for, I'm really impressed with this, so good guys. Hello, this is, this is Sue Crawford. I'm a member of GDUI and ACB Maryland. I'm Artis Bazin from California. I'm the president of Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs, second vice of RSVA and a secretary of CCB, California, and um, membership chair. And I wanted to make an announcement. Um, anyone that's interested in having their state have accessible absentee voting, vote by mail, is encouraged to join uh, some of us in the Lincoln Room tonight at 8 o'clock. And we're going to discuss how your state can get your state having accessible vote by mail. Thanks. Good morning. Oh, can you hear me? I'm Janet Dickelman. I'm ACB Convention Coordinator from St. Paul, Minnesota, representing ACB of Minnesota today. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Greg Lindbergh. I'm from Tampa, Florida, representing the Florida Council of the Blind. Uh, I was last in D.C. in 1994 when I was seven, so I don't remember a whole lot. Uh, this is my first uh, D.C. leadership conference, and I'm also a uh, J.P. Morgan Chase scholarship recipient. Thank you. Okay, at table 14. Judy Wilkinson, president of the California Council of the Blind. I'm vice president of Library Uses of America and a member of the board for BRL, Braille Revival League. Good morning. Uh, this is Cindy LeBon. I'm president of ACB Maryland. And today, this afternoon, Zelda and I will be speaking to you on DKM and leadership. So get your thoughts together. Get your state members to join in on the contest. It's not a contest, but anyways, if you have any questions, get them together. We want to hear from your members. We want you to all apply. Thank you. Sue Bowmaster, president of the Nova Chapter of Virginia. Aaron Espinosa from California, and this is my first time here.
Jeff Tom, ACB Board, immediate past president of California Council of the Blind, and president of Aging Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. And if you're not in the next generation, we want you to join AAVL. Hello, I'm Sharon Strakowski from Massachusetts. I'm a local uh, president there. I also serve on the Lua board, and I'm also now in the first-timers DKM committee, which I'm very excited about. And um, I lived in Arlington for a while, but it's been a long time since I've been here in this area, so I'm very excited to be back. Thank you. Steve Mendelson from San Leandro, California member of the California Council of the Blind and president of the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys. Um, so we are at table 15 now. Rhonda Trott from Alabama. And I am your tour coordinator for convention tours, so come see me for tours. Pat Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland a member of the ACB board and representing ACB government employees and we're happy to be working. Thank you. Hi, this is Paul Edwards from Miami, Florida. Um, gosh, this is not my first time. <laughs> I'm president of the Braille Revival League um, and we, we, we would like all of you uh, to keep an eye out for the possible imminent appearance of an approved Facebook page for the Braille Revival League. So we're excited. We're excited that this has happened. We we've actually we've actually got it sort of up, but we're we're going for approval from our board on the second Monday in March, and then we will be live. So uh, we look we look forward to everybody recognizing the Braille Revival League page, joining us and, and liking us a lot. I'm Deb Cook-Lewis. I'm from Clarkston, Washington, <laughs> which is a suburb of Lewiston, Idaho, actually. Um, I am on the Board of Publications. I'm the second vice president of Guide Dog Users Incorporated and the treasurer for Washington State Council of I'm Denise Colley from Lacey, Washington. I am on the Board of Directors for ACB, First Vice President for Braille Revival League, ACB Scholarship Chair, and President of the Washington Council of the Blind, and this is definitely not my first time. <laughs> Good morning. Nobody said this yet, roll tide. This is, <laughs> I'm Lynn Heddle. I'm the um, president of the Birmingham chapter of the American Alabama Council of the Blind. And now um, first vice president of the state. I let Michael Talley talk me into all of this stuff. Um, <laughs> and I'm also president of Friends in Art. And I just have to say RIP John Dashney. Um, we need, I, I would I'd be interested in talking to anyone about the showcase this summer because it obviously has changed overnight. We need to honor him and we will be doing that, so. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Michael Talley from Birmingham, Alabama. Please be patient with me. I'm extremely shy and do not like to talk. <laughs> so, I am a proud J.P. Chase Morgan fellow alumnus. Uh, I would like to say that Kim Kenneth Simeon does an outstanding job as head of the DKM and J.P. Chase Morgan Fellowship um, Committee. He does an outstanding job with that. But uh, from that, uh, I'm also now a proud ACB Board of Directors member. And I am also the president of the Alabama Council of the Blind and a proud RSVA member as well. And last but not least, um, Matt from Louisville, Matt Sam, I will buy you a drink later tonight because you're going to need it after that comment. Thank you. Oh, good morning. I'm Kelly Gass. Oh, no, that's who handed me the mic. <laughs> um, I'm David Trott. I'm the treasurer of the American Council of the Blind. Probably after that last comment, I might have a problem getting back. <laughs> um, I'm also the legislative chair for the Alabama Council of the Blind, and I do a lot more, uh, especially when Rhonda tells me, and I know it's time to move. And uh, don't forget to start thinking about your Braille form raffle tickets. We'll be talking about them this afternoon. And uh, you're, you're going to have to get right and ready to keep up with Alan because his goal is 50 this year. I set it for him. <laughs> okay, now we're moving to the mini mall table. Shirley Stivers, president of the Kentucky Council, Kentucky Council of Citizens of Low Vision. Judy Jackson, president of nothing. Patty Cox, director, CCLVI. I am on the Greater Louisville Council, and I am the cook. Carla Reshevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm treasurer of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, um, but uh, we're accepting news back here at the Mini Mall for uh, ACB Lions. ACB families and Lua, and also um, want just to remind you, be sure and come back. Judy Jackson's been back here shopping, and she's kind of wiped us out on something, so hurry on back, and we do take credit cards. Okay, so I am up front over here at the ACB radio table. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Morin. Hey, Patty, are you the one that make the, makes the bourbon balls? Those, those are pretty good stuff. Um, I'm with ACB Radio. I'm also a member of the convention committee, uh, treasurer of the Bay State Council of the Blind, and a board member of CCLVI. And I also have the pleasure of uh, doing all the audiovisual stuff for you guys here this weekend. So. Hi. <clears throat> Hi there, this is Brian Charlson. I am president of the Bay State Council of the Blind. I'm so delighted about how many of us are here this weekend. I'm also president of Library Users of America and, of course, First Dude. Good morning again. This is Jeff Bishop, national board member, second vice president of Washington Council of the Blind, and board of director member for ACB. 
as well as working here at ACB Radio Table. Okay, and staff that is here today. Sharon Lovering, editor of the ACB Braille Forum and eForum, Arlington, Virginia. Hi, I'm JoLynn Bailey-Page, and I'm ACB's grant writer, and I'm also a member of the Audio Description Project Committee. And of course, this is Kelly Gask. I am the executive assistant and multimedia designer for ACB in the Alexandria office. And I'm Nancy Marks Becker, CFO. Have we missed anyone in the room? All right, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, now, what I need to do is make a couple adjustments because there's so many of you here. It took a lot longer to do introductions, but it was worth every minute of it. Sometimes what you learn as a leader is how to be flexible and uh, how to step back and find a new solution and punt. <laughs> so, so I had to do that last night and thank goodness for good colleagues and friends because the um, scheduled speaker was unavailable today after all. Um, Stephanie was not able to, to be with us. So I reached out to a, a friend and colleague of mine who serves on the Braille Authority of North America. And I, I called her and I said, I need a huge favor. I need you to come and talk to our luncheon here at ACB about you know, your journey she goes, what journey? I said, well, you know, the things you've done. What have I done? <laughs> I said, you've done lots of stuff. She said, I'm a nobody. I said, you are not a nobody. You're a somebody. I just said so. <laughs> so you're a somebody. She, she is absolutely a somebody. And it's been an honor to know her and a pleasure to know her. Um, you're going to get to hear a little bit about the journey of Tamara Rory. Tamara is the Braille Development Officer for the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. She's an attorney. She's got lots of interesting backgrounds and stories, and she's just going to share a little bit about her journey, her advocacy, things she's done that I think you would all be interested in. And Tamara, I owe you one. Thank you so much. Keep eating. <laughs> I got it. Thank you. Can you guys hear me okay? Excellent. Closer? Really? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> okay, I, I speak pretty loudly, so I will try to be as close as possible, but I'm reading Braille and I don't want to actually touch it with my tongue. So, <laughs> so I'm going to try to try to do this correct, but feel free to yell out. Um, you know, get closer, more, whatever you need to. If you have a question, raise your hand, any of that. When Kim contacted me, you know, 
I was like, what do you want me to say and for how long? And she said, we'll talk about your journey. And she just told you what my response was to that. And then she said, for 15 minutes. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so, you know, I feel like a, a, this is a Toastmasters hazing. <laughs> I don't know. You guys may be familiar. I think that um, I, I've never done this, but I've heard that once you do all the different types of speeches, they make you get up and speak for like five minutes on some subject, any subject. They don't tell you what it is, and they just put you up there, and you're supposed to keep talking. So I'm thinking of this as my Toastmaster master speech. Um, as she said, I'm Tamara Rory, and I'm going to try to speak with, uh, two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to speak, and at some point somebody's going to say, your 15 minutes are up, sit down. Or I'm going to end this, and you're going to say, you only spoke for two minutes, come up with some more stuff. So I'm not sure which it's going to be, uh, we'll know that eventually. Um, I was thinking about potential topics. And, um, you know, she really did say, talk about my journey, and I really did say, what journey? Um, but I think we all do have a journey, and I thought, well, you know, I could talk about that. And then I thought, you know, I could talk a little bit about, this is, this is um, Black History Month, so, you know, I could talk about um, the Black History Month, you know, my, my um, experience as an African-American, I thought of the title, The Intersection of Black, Blind, and Female. <laughs> I could probably talk, <laughs> you guys want that? <laughs> I, I'll give you whatever you want, really. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> if somebody calls me at six o'clock the night before, I can just about talk about anything because I haven't written very many notes. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, okay, so Let's, let's think about this and let's think what people would want to hear. I was talking to my sister last night and she said, oh, talk about, you know, yeah, talk about black history and talk about, you know, the famous people who are blind and, and who are African-American. I'm like, nobody wants to hear any more about Stevie Wonder or Ray Charles or, you know, and, and I mean, we already know those people and we don't want to, hear, want to hear about those people. And I couldn't think of any people that we don't know. So I thought, nah, I'm not going to talk about that. So... I decided to um, take an opportunity to step up on one of my several soapboxes. And, um, and I do have a couple that I like to talk about. Um, but one of them is our young people today, how we need to be bringing along our young people um, so that they have the kind of experiences that we as blind leaders or, or, or older blind people have. When you think about 50 years from now, who's going to be the leadership of the blindness community? And um, I heard some, ooh. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how it makes you feel because, because it seems like we don't have people coming um, behind us like we had people going before us. And so um, let me tell you just a little bit. This, this kind of does um, talk about my journey, but I grew up, I'll tell you, I won't ask anyone to reveal their age, but I will tell you that I am 56. I grew up in the late 60s, early 70s, okay? Um, yay! <laughs> so I grew up in the late 50s, early, early late 60s, early 70s, and um, I grew up in North Carolina, 
And um, once I, you know, I, I, I was one of the people who was mainstreamed. That's what it was called then. Um, you know, I was given a choice, though. My, I wasn't given a choice. My parents were given a choice. I was six. My, my parents were given a choice. You know, mainstream her or not, and they chose not. And, and I'm grateful for that, although I think uh, many of the people who um, went to the Governor Moorhead School for the Blind are, you know, great, wonderful people. And uh, at that time, either choice would work. So I was, I was mainstreamed. I went to a school where I learned, you know, Braille, and then I went to school with the rest of the, went to the classes with the rest of the kids for the first through sixth grade. Then I got more mainstreamed when we went to what was called junior high, which was seventh through ninth. And that's where an itinerant teacher just came to visit us once a week. And we were in our regular classes all the time, but this teacher came and helped with getting things in Braille and so forth and so on. So during that time though, um, part of my education included things like going to Camp Dogwood, which was a camp we had in North Carolina. Um, I don't know if it's still there. It is. And are they still taking kids? Maybe. <laughs> Camp Dogwood was a wonderful experience. I started going when I was six years old. And I went, you know, you went there for a week and they let you swim and cycle. But it was the first step toward becoming an independent blind person. Because you weren't with your parents. They didn't stay there with you. Not, not the week I was there. I mean, they had, you know, I was there for children's week. They did have weeks where kids came with their parents, but um, it was really the first step toward becoming an independent blind person. I got to meet other kids across the state that I did not know, either other kids who were being mainstreamed or other kids who were at the Moorhead School, but I got to know them because I was at Camp Dogwood, and we all showed up there every summer for a week had fun, renewed our friendships, and this went on for a while. By the time I was in junior high, um, um, North Carolina had all kinds, of, all kinds of enrichment programs. And um, one of them was at Butner. And Butner, not the prison, <laughs> which <laughs> that's what most people think of when they think of Butner, because the prison was next door. But <laughs> we had the Butner Rehab Center, and we were there for maybe three weeks in the summer. Kids from all over, again, all over, and it was some kind of enrichment program where they, quote, um, is more like a, like a rehab program. And they taught us how to fix kitchen sinks and how to cook and how to do all kinds of things. But also, all during the school year, and these are, some of these are things that people who went to Moorhead School probably learned, you know, because they were in school. But all during the school year, because I grew up in Charlotte, um, I would go to our local agency that, um, you know, provided after school services for the blind kids in the area. And they would have us cooking and building things in wood shop and just doing all kinds of things. But one of the important things that they did is they introduced us to blind adults. Blind adults who we, who we could see were employed, married, had children of their own, quote, normal blind people, you know? And not only introducing us to those people, but introducing our parents 
to those people because sometimes your parents are the very people who hold you back. And by the time you get to be old enough to make a decision, you can't because you have been stunted. So, um, you know, as I grew up, I was introduced to these things and people were constantly, other blind people were constantly bringing me forward, me as the kid, bringing me forward. Um, I like to joke and say that I've had three careers, maybe even four. And I, when I say that, I don't mean three jobs. I mean actual careers. <laughs> and it's because, well, first of all, um, my first actual job, my first job was at Camp Dogwood. I ran the concession stand. Uh, that was a position that, you know, you would see every year you'd go there and there'd be a different person doing it. And it was a sales job. It was a commission job because basically you only made money if you sold junk food. And um, <laughs> I was really good at selling junk food. <laughs> so my first summer job uh, during, during college, during, between my freshman and sophomore year of college was um, running the concession stand at Camp Dogwood. And, um, but as I, as I, you know, as I went along, I, I didn't have the ADA. I didn't have a, an ADA coordinator at my college telling me who my readers would be and what classes I needed to take and how I needed to handle introducing my professors to a, a blind person or any of that. Um, and I, I actually think it's a detriment at this point um, sometimes because our kids aren't learning the things that they are going to need to know when they get out in the quote real world. So um, to continue with my story, I, I graduated from UNC Chapel Hill and I started working as a salesperson because I could not get any other job. I mean, I had this degree, but I couldn't get anybody to hire me. We we're all familiar with that. Went on job interviews. I was in a program what, when I was at UNC uh, where they had taken students and, you know, you interviewed for positions. And um, well, at the time, the bank was called Wachovia. They were one of the big banks that, that participated in this program. But they didn't hire me. They hired several of my classmates. So I ended up looking for jobs. And I was determined that I was going to work. So I had several jobs. I had three jobs in four years. This is my sales career. This is my first career. Three jobs in four years, all in sales, all doing straight commission work. And the reason it was straight commission work was because those people, they didn't have to take a chance on me because they weren't losing money if I didn't make money, but they were willing to let anybody sell for them. So I got those jobs and I sold. But by the time I had done this for about four years, I decided this is for the birds. I don't like it. I don't like not having a paycheck. You know, I make really good money when I make money, but then when I don't make money, I don't make any money. And I've always wanted to be a lawyer, so I'm going back to school. And I did. So I went back to school. Um, I, I went to Wake Forest Law School, and I was there for three years, graduated. Um, and started my, what I would consider my second career. And um, this second career that I started was as, a, as an attorney, but 
you know, by the time I finished with law school, I decided I hated the law. <laughs> but I had already started law school by the time I figured out I hated the law. And, um, and so, you know, I had already incurred the first set of loans. So I, <laughs> I figured I better finish so I can at least justify this. So I did. I finished. Um, and I started working at West Publishing. I moved to Minnesota. Um, I had worked for West a little bit while I was in, in law school because they had this great computerized program called Westlaw. And, you know, that was in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, that was when you know, we weren't using computers as much. And so they had Westlaw and I could do all my research. And, you know, it was, it was great. So um, I started working for them and I, I worked for them and they um, hired all the people who worked for them out of law school except me. And I discussed this, you know, why is it that I didn't get hired? I, I'm one of their best representatives. You know, I, I'm doing good work for them. And we went round and round. And, of course, it was an issue of, um, you know, we were not sure if we should hire this blind person. You know, it's okay for her to work for us while she was in school, but we're not sure about this. So eventually they did decide a good, you know, almost a year later to hire me to work in their call center. I was a reference attorney. And, but I was going to have to move to Minnesota to do it. I was living in North Carolina. So I, was, I did it. I moved. I always liked cold weather anyway. So, <laughs> you know, and I always wanted to live in Wisconsin for some reason. So I decided that, you know, Minnesota's pretty close. Let me go ahead and do this. And I did, and I worked at Westlaw for three years and enjoyed the job, decided that I didn't, quote, hate the law, um, but, you know, I, I still wasn't thrilled with the law. So <laughs> I, um, I became a trainer for them, and I was one of the people who uh, trained lawyers, new lawyers, and also a lot of their representatives across the country um, on Westlaw and Lexis and how to be, um, you know, how to use it. This was when it was very accessible. Uh, so, and, 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 and so I, I was one of the trainers. I was one of the trainers and I worked with just about every blind lawyer in the company, in the country, because they would always have me train the blind lawyers because I knew how to use the, you know, screen reader software. So um, I, after I left West, I decided I needed to be closer to home, and that's when I moved to Georgia. Hi, Alice. <laughs> so I moved to Georgia. Um, I got a job working um, for a group called Tools for Life at the time, and they had a, an analysis, an analyst, political analyst position. I got that job, and I did that for about four years. I still consider all this part of my legal career. Okay, so I did that job, and, and in that job, I was able to do volunteer work. I was able to volunteer with the Center for the Visually Impaired and, um, you know, work with their, volunteer with their children's program. They had an after-school program at the time that I volunteered for and did some teaching, and, you know, it was, it was fun. It was great. I got to see the kids and work with the kids and, and do what I call helping bring the kids forward. 
after that job, I, I ended up getting laid off from that job. They decided to restructure the program. Fortunately for me, um, you know, I'd been working in the law for, what, seven years by this time. And I was a lot more comfortable with the law. So I opened a private practice. I decided I was tired of waiting for someone or wanting someone to hire me. I would just, you know, I, I had gotten this skill. And one of the reasons that, one of the things I had always said when I went back to law school, I justified it quitting a job and, and going to school by saying, you know, I want something I can do that doesn't require me to be dependent on someone hiring me. So I was, I was put to the test. <laughs> I was laid off and I had a mortgage to pay that was due the next month. So I put my shingle on the front door of my house. You got to pay for this house. <laughs> so I started, I, I, and I was in private practice for 12 years. I thoroughly enjoyed that, by the way. Um, I actually, you know, it's kind of a lonely private when you're in total private practice. But I did have an assistant that worked with me. Um, I had a person, I actually ended up buying a car because I needed to be able to go all over Georgia to do cases. And I had a driver that worked with me. Um, that also worked as an assistant. And so I had a couple of employees, and um, I was able to do that for, for, for well, actually, I, I did total private practice for about eight years. But those of you who, if you've ever um, been involved with the law, you know that you don't just walk away from a practice. Even when you want to close it, you have to finish what you started before you can close your practice or turn it over to somebody. And if they've already prepaid you, it's easier to finish what you started. So I um, started, a friend of mine had wanted, wanted to start a new program and it was a program where they would be putting materials into alternative formats for students, college students, not, not high school students or younger students. And it was a program where um, it was new in Georgia at the time, but basically they wanted to have a one-stop shop for all the colleges in Georgia. So that if a, one college was using a book, that book would be available for any college student in the system, rather than that other college or a second college having to convert that book for the student. He started out converting um, text. To, for, for students with learning disabilities so that they would be able to use, and they were using um, Learning a Lie, which was still RFB and D back then, I think. Uh, they were using Learning a Lie. They were trying to, you know, using all kinds of systems. But he also wanted to bring Braille into the, into the system. So I was the one who he tapped to help start the Braille program. And so that started my third career because my, um, you know, I wasn't practicing law. I was doing something totally different than I'd been trained to do in the sense that I was, I was starting program. But Braille has always been something, since I was young, something that had been very important to me. Yay. I'm convinced that my ability to read Braille 
is what has gotten me where I am today. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick short story. I might be over my time. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick short story. When I was in college, when I was in law school, I went to law school. As I said, I decided at the last minute I'm going to go to law school. So I applied real quickly to like two schools. And one of them uh, wrote me and said, you, you know, you applied really late, but we'll put you on the waiting list. The other wrote me and said, well, you're in, but do you want to wait the next year? And I'm like, no, I don't want to wait the next year. I want to wait this year. I want to come this year. And they said, well, we already have a blind person coming this year. Um, <laughs> you know, you could be our next year's problem. I'm like, no, if I'm in, I'm in, and I'm coming. And so I did. Well, <laughs> the problem, you know, the, the reason they were saying that is because the person they had had made a bunch of demands, and they weren't sure they could handle two of us. You know, only one of us, not two. So I, I, you know, but they had said I was in, so there wasn't anything they could do. So I came in, you know, late. Turns out that the person they had, um, the other person who had been accepted a lot earlier than me wasn't a Braille reader, um, wanted to do a modified uh, class. You know, all the things I was doing, we were totally opposites. I wanted to do five classes is, is what you usually take. I mean, it's set. You don't get to choose your classes the first year. So I'm like, okay, five classes. You take the five classes for the first semester and they wanted me to take three. And I'm like, why would I do that? I don't want to be in school any longer than I have to be. Why am I going to take three? Well, this other student said, da, da, da. I'm like, well, you know, um, hey, I tell you what, I'll take the three, but I will, I will sit in on the other two. And um, if I decide that I want to take the exam, then I will. They agreed to that. So I ended up taking I ended up taking all five exams, and the other student ended up quitting halfway in the middle of the year. I was the Braille reader, and they figured out real quick that that my ability to read Braille was very helpful. So then they tried to start forcing the other student to be a Braille reader, which is not good, but wasn't my concern. <laughs> um, you know, they wanted to figure out ways to help, and, and Braille, they thought, was the way. I think they were right. I think having reading Braille would, would have been helpful, but there are ways around it if you don't, you know. So, <laughs> anyway, so, um, as I said, Braille was very important to me. It always had been. So I started uh, working for this group called um, AMAC. <laughs> yes. And I, I started... Uh, first of all, I was the person who developed their Braille program. Then I became their compliance manager, and I ended up being the assistant director for AMAC. But then I found out about, um, and I was there for about eight years. I seem to have some kind of eight years itch. You know, when I um, work for eight, eight years, I tend to start looking, or things start happening, and I find other things to do. I've never, I have to knock on wood and say, I've never been unemployed since I graduated from college and had my first job. I've never actually been unemployed. But one reason for that is because I can be self-employed whenever I want to be. And that makes a big difference. But the other reason is because I've known people who've helped me. And, you know, what I feel is that we aren't helping our younger people. We, not, not you. We 
aren't helping our younger people as much as we need to to, make, to get them where we are. We need to bring them forward. So I will um, wrap up off my soapbox here. Oh, tell, <laughs> she wants to know how I got to NLS. Good question. I, um, I, the way I got to NLS is I was, I was in a, um, I was looking at jobs. My, I have a sister who is in HR, has been for 25 years with the government. She's one of these people who, man, she changes jobs every six months practically. <laughs> and she, it's, I've never seen anybody like her. She can get a job like that. I mean, it's because she's always applying or something. I don't know what's going on with her. But she saw the job at NLS and said, hey, here's something you might be interested in. Well, if you're anything like me growing up, you know, you grew up with NLS. You grew up, you know, that was in the day when the only thing we had was NLS. You know, we had Braille from NLS. And we knew all about NLS. We thought they, you know, set the sun, and I mean, we just loved them. And everybody wanted to work for NLS. You thought you'd be great to just work for NLS. You know, it's a great place. They've done all these things for us. I remember I went to, this is another quick side story, I went to APH and had a tour one time, and it was okay. But the thing that really, really made the tour for me was when I was walking past the production area and Mitzi Friedlander came out. Yeah, there you go. That was the tour, man. I was like, this is fabulous. I get to, you know, it's like meeting a celebrity. If, if Lady Gaga walked in here right now, I wouldn't be as excited as I would be if a narrator walked in. <laughs> but that's another story. So anyway, um, I applied for that job, and I had done a lot of the things that they were looking for, and so I ended up um, getting the job, and after I got the job, I found out that I needed to become certified <laughs> in Braille. I was a Braille reader, but I was not certified. So I got certified. Um, <laughs> um, I, I had done something similar in my former job. I had done this, this certified research analysis thing because I was doing a lot of grant writing for them. And I'd said that I'm never taking another job where I have to do some kind of class required. Little did I know. <laughs> when, I took the, when I took the job, I did not know that I was going to need to you know, do that certification. If any of you have ever done it, you know that certification is no joke, no matter how much Braille you read. Yeah. So that's how I became, that's how I got to NLS. But, you know, working at NLS, there are probably seven or eight blind people working there. And um, oftentimes you find when you, when, when you talk to blind people, they don't really even want other blind people working with them. It's true. When you talk to other people in, you know, they, a lot of times people want to be the only one. And, and they want to be the only one because, they, because they, they don't want the competition. I mean, that's really the reason. We're not like that at NLS. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not like that at NLS. But, but think about it. Think about how many people in your positions and your jobs have you brought along. Think about, <laughs> well, and that's all you can do is try because you, can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, you know? But um, sometimes you have to show them how good water can be so that they will drink. 
And, and, and if one horse doesn't drink, that doesn't mean let all the other horses drown or starve. You know, you do have to keep trying. I, um, I'll end this really quickly by saying I was, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and uh, she has a mom who is afraid of funerals. I mean, to the point where she wouldn't even go to her child's funeral. Her, her sister died a few years ago. And, and she had a bad experience when she was a kid, so she refuses to go to funerals. But she said, and this was so profound to me, she said um, they were watching the Grammys, and she said her mother said, for my funeral, um, I, want, I want you guys to play uh, Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand. She saw Diana Ross perform that, I guess, on the Grammys a couple of weeks ago, and she said, I want you all to play that because I really, really feel so strongly about, you know, about the words of that song. And I thought about it and I played it several times before I came here today. And I thought, you know, that's what we all need to be doing. We need to be reaching out and touching somebody's hand and bringing them forward so that 50 years from now, there will be an ACB leadership group that can actually <laughs> exist, <laughs> you know, as opposed to um, a group of people who maybe haven't done anything and won't ever do anything because, because they didn't have what we had. Thanks for listening. I'm, I'll jump off my soapbox. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so Thank much. You. That's That's wonderful. <laughs> what a message. And she is a somebody. Let me tell you. Let's give her another hand. Come on. Thank you, Tamara. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for, and, and now I have to shut her because I told her I owed her and she's probably going to make me pay. So, <laughs> well, she's going to seeing I to get a new dog in a couple of weeks. So I got a little reprieve. So she'll be busy. <laughs> she's taking care of Dolly right now, having some practice. So, uh, all right, well, we have another speaker. Uh, we get to hear from one of our sponsors. I think Eric mentioned to you that Ira was one of our sponsors. That, <laughs> thank you, yes, absolutely. And, uh, and in fact, that they will be opening up and making Ira available to all of us um, for free on Tuesday when we go to Capitol Hill. So Dan Fry, is here today. He works in the um, Washington, D.C. office with Paul Schrader um, in governmental affairs and um, with state agencies. I don't know his exact title. He'll tell you that. But uh, he's going to talk to us about kind of IRA at home, IRA at work, and IRA just about everywhere else you want to have IRA. And uh, he'll fill us in on what's going on and hopefully have a little bit of time for some questions, but it's been a pleasure to talk to him. I've spent some time with him this morning, and uh, I introduce to all of you Dan Fry from Ira. Good afternoon, everyone. I am just delighted to have a chance to join you here for your Washington ACB Leadership Conference and honestly now a bit um, apprehensive about making any presentation after what was such a profoundly an extemporaneous yet profoundly moving uh, set of comments by 
your, your, your speaker this afternoon. I think we owe her another round of applause. So I am here, of course, to speak with you about IRA, and I'm going to do that. But by way of context and background, um, I, I think I should tell you um, what I do at IRA and where I've come from, which I hope will give you a sense of how IRA can play a critical role in allowing you to be successful blind and low vision people. So currently my role is as Director of Public Sector Engagement and Strategy with IRA, and I've been encouraged to try and leverage my previous experiences in the vocational rehabilitation and other federal government fields to persuade VR and other federal and state government agencies to subscribe to IRA so that you can have it as a reasonable accommodation if you are a blind or a person with low vision employee, or so that the government can provide IRA to you um, as a, a outward facing customer. And so that has been my role. I'm also responsible at IRA for helping to fashion and inform many of our messages um, about how IRA and blindness intersect. Um, so that we accurately portray the advantages of IRA, uh, but also do it in a tempered enough way that it doesn't somehow strip us of our native ability to function as people who are blind or who have low vision. And there certainly are questions of where that intersection occurs, and I'm involved with some of that marketing. Prior to working at IRA, I was the executive director of the New Jersey Commission for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, and as a result of simply a political government change, um, I was invited to move along uh, in January when the uh, new Democrat governor came into town. And now I feel like I have to qualify that and say that um, I've always been a lifelong Democrat. but. When you are hired arbitrarily under another administration's colors, uh, you sometimes get, uh, you get painted as, as being a part of that tribe. Uh, and although my role was entirely apolitical, uh, when, the, when the transition occurred, I was invited to transition and did. I have a law degree from the University of Washington School of Law. Prior to working at the Commission for the Blind, I was with the Rehabilitation Services Administration involved with monitoring state vocational rehabilitation agencies. Prior to this, worked on the national staff of the NFB, and prior to that, worked as the national advocate for the Association of Blind Citizens of New Zealand, and, and then my first job after law school was as a labor management specialist with the Social Security Administration. And so with that quick thumbnail sketch, you will observe that the overarching theme of my uh, somewhat scattered career has been to be a champion and advocate in one context or another, and more often than not, for our community. And so it is always a pleasure to join with the council and other organizations that are committed to advancing opportunities for those of us who are blind or who have low vision, 
and it makes me feel like I'm at home when I can come and be with people who are clearly invested in what they're doing because they've taken their voluntary time and energy to come and try and affect public and social change. I want to acknowledge and thank Kim for the invitation to come and I'm now delighted to talk with you about IRA and its special relationship with the American Council of the Blind. And I think we do have a special relationship. Um, our CEO, uh, Suman Kanyaganti, was with members of your national board on Friday afternoon. And on Thursday afternoon, um, he, along with other people, uh, and, and Eric Bridges and myself and Paul Schrader, gathered to have additional conversation. I've had a chance to promote Ira on your ACB podcast with Claire, and I have had a real sense that there's a strong partnership between our two organizations. And you have to understand, I am not a techie. Um, in fact, I can use a computer to the extent that it makes me productive at work, but unlike my friend Brian Charlson up here, I couldn't talk to you about code or C++ uh, or anything else. But I've used technology um, as a layman to allow me to be effective and, for that matter, um, Braille. IRA, however, has proven to be another tool that I can now add to that toolbox, and it has enabled me to enhance my productivity in terms of travel, in terms of accessing materials that are simply not accessible. I've always said that IRA encourages access in every arena, and we are not here to discourage it or to give sponsors an opportunity to say, well, you have IRA, so we don't need to comply. IRA is a bridge for inaccessibility until that accessibility is achieved. And so, consistent with your commitment here this week to engage in some meaningful legislative advocacy, particularly your Medicaid work and all the other things that are on your agenda, Ira is delighted on Tuesday to light up the hill so that you can use Ira, uh, if you choose to use Ira, on the hill especially in the Rayburn office building, which I find to be the most complicated building in Washington, D.C. But we're doing that not only to give you a chance to experience how IRA works, but also to give you the opportunity to convey in truly powerful ways what it looks like for a blind person with a cane, a blind or low vision person with a cane or a dog to walk in independently uh, into an office without someone with you, uh, with a discreet agent in your earphone giving you information as you require it, and allowing you to exercise the autonomy that comes with deciding what information you want. And I think that is a critical piece of IRA. Our trained agents who go through an extensive vetting process truly understand that ultimately when they're engaged with you, you are the person in charge and you get to determine how you want IRA to benefit you. 
Now, I work on the assumption that most of you know in principle and concept what IRA is, but I would be remiss if I didn't quickly say that either with a smartphone or our Horizon customized glasses, you can download the IRA app from either the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, and you can call an IRA agent, which is a human being, who has gone through extensive training about blindness and navigation and phenomenal customer service. And through the camera on your telephone or the camera that is in the center of the horizon glasses, you can gain information about what? About anything that you have the creative imagination to ask about. And that is what is phenomenal. Ira initially was thought it would be a tool for navigation. Our analysis last year showed that only approximately 23% of our incoming calls are related to can you help me find an address or navigate internally. Lots of our calls have to do with can you help me format this complicated document with footnotes, can you help me distinguish um, how to uh, know which is um, shampoo and conditioner in a hotel room, how to operate that complicated thermostat, and how to take full advantage of capturing memories that you might want to hold on to while you're on a cruise, and anything else that comes to mind. So Ira is, uh, and we also have an AI component um, that we are working on developing, and right now it is um, less developed than our human component but in the fullness of time, we hope that that component will allow our agents to be used for the complicated, truly nuanced questions that require judgment, where the AI can manage some of the automated stuff. IRA is a startup. We have existed for four years, but in terms of actual retail, probably only been operating for two years. And within two years, I think we have really made our presence known in the blindness community. So that's how IRA works. What is new at IRA? One thing I want to say, in addition to the fact that you're going to have IRA access for free, whether or not you are a paid explorer or not uh, on the Hill, is that we have just announced a program called IRA Trial. We recognize, and our leadership recognizes, that this program can be, for some, uh, expensive. And we want to make sure that you are given the opportunity to be introduced to the power of IRA by offering it to you for free. And it used to be that you could use it for free if you were in a place where a corporate sponsor was paying for the minutes and you wanted to take advantage of it. And you still can if you download it, but don't subscribe to a plan. But you walk into a Walgreens or a Bank of America or other uh, a Wegmans or other places, you can use it for free. And that's called site access. That's where a corporate entity or government agency purchases those minutes and you get a notification on your phone saying you're in an IRA access zone, calls here are free. But we wanted to make sure that you didn't have to be in one of those places, that you could be at your home or at your work or somewhere else. And for 30 minutes over a period of seven days, if you download the IRA app and you tap 
I want to sign up for the trial button, you can, for 30 minutes, have access to IRA. Now, that's not a lot of time, but it is enough time to give you a sense and to whet your appetite. And so I encourage every leader here today who thinks there might be some advantage to download the IRA app if you haven't already, take advantage of the trial, and then once you have completed that trial, you can then, inside the app, I think it's called an in-app purchase, um, you can then um, upgrade to a paid plan or you can call through conventional means using that old thing about the telephone and talk to someone in person and subscribe. Again, consistent with our commitment to try and be as economically sensitive to a community that we recognize has had disproportionately high rates of unemployment. We have created some consumer pricing that we hope caters to uh, the community that needs that. There is an introductory price of only $29 a month for 30 minutes of IRA. On that introductory plan, you are only permitted to use your smartphone. At the introductory level, because it's only 30 minutes, we do not make Horizon glasses available, but it does give you a chance to use it. If you want to check your mail once a week and you spend five minutes or so doing that once a week, um, or any other way you can creatively use 30 minutes, it's available to you for $29 a month. Slightly higher level, a $99 a month level, you can have 120 minutes and our consumer pricing is otherwise outlined on our website. What else is new at IRA? Although I can't go into great detail at this time, we are excited that soon we will be announcing major opportunities um, for IRA to be made ubiquitous in New England town that many of you know of, and we're going to encourage those living there to take full advantage of IRA and I think it's going to be a pilot that will enable us all to see how IRA can be used in terms of travel, work, and recreation. We are working hard to create strong relationships with partners so that IRA access is available um, across the board. Our goal ultimately is that although you may be a paying subscriber, that more often than not, you'll be in a place where IRA is available to you as a result of the gesture of people or entities that want to make IRA accessible. So right now, our big brands are Walgreens and Bank of America, and our sales team is working hard to find other places. And this is where you, as consumers, can help inform IRA's evolution. If there's somewhere in your area, at your home, where you think IRA might be helpful, have an informal conversation with the leadership of a store or the like. Tell them about what IRA does, maybe give them a quick demonstration, and then reach out to our team and let us know and we'll take it from there. But some of it will come down to your own individual advocacy. And normally, a commercial organization wouldn't reach out and say, customers, can you help us grow? But unlike sterile commercial organizations, IRA feels a true partnership with its consumer community. In the fullness of time, I think we will expand our verticals to be serving people who are not just blind or low vision, but people who are seniors, 
people who have learning disabilities uh, and need uh, remote support for employment and anything else that you can imagine. But we want to have IRA develop in a fashion consistent with what this community identifies and defines as important. And to that end, I want to congratulate and thank IRA for the work that it's been doing, oftentimes behind the scenes, with your very competent executive director, Eric, and the work that we've been doing to try and get IRA into Microsoft. We've also been working with ACB to make sure that you have a chance to, to shop and to take advantage of other opportunities. But the thing that I'm proudest of, and as I contemplated where I would go to work next, I wanted to work for an organization that was, in my view, mission-driven. Our CEO has said that the disproportionately high rate of unemployment among the blind and low vision community is just outrageous. And he wants our solution to help mitigate the challenges of the high rate of unemployment that exists among our community. To what end then, tangibly, have we taken to help achieve that goal? First, in February of last year, 18, um, it was announced that IRA was creating a program where anyone who was undertaking a task that would be remotely related to looking for work could use IRA for free. IRA would incur those minute costs ourselves if you were an explorer, and you could use IRA to help you find work. And that can be as broadly interpreted as working on a resume, to matching your clothes, to navigating to or from the interview site, or anything else that is plausibly related to looking for work. Second, IRA has partnered with Intuit, um, the company that created um, QuickBooks and TurboTax. And Intuit, which is where a lot of our existing corporate leadership have come from, before they created this startup, has said, we want to pay for minutes for anyone who is self-employed and needs assistance, and not just related to our particular products, but anyone who is self-employed and needs the support of IRA to allow them to be functional and efficient. And so, during that period of time between my work at the commission and starting at IRA, I opened up as you can when you have gone to law school and disliked it, uh, a consulting firm. And I used IRA in the context of being self-employed. And I hope anyone who finds themselves in that situation will maximize that opportunity because, again, it's a gesture by IRA and by someone, not just in word and rhetoric, but in fact and with finances, that says we want to support you if you are trying to find work. Thirdly, I was brought into IRA because of my background in vocational rehabilitation and other government service with the goal of trying to engage with VR um, and independent living old or blind across the country to talk to my former colleagues who were directors of agencies to make it clear 
that IRA would be an appropriate purchase if it's identified in your IPE uh, for you to use as part of your training, um, as part of your training before you find work, as part of your training when you're looking for work, and potentially for at least a year out since we now have to measure your progress for 12 months after you leave the program, thank you to WIOA. Um, We've tried, my goal is to try and create and strengthen relationships with VR. If you need assistance in advocating for that, we've made efforts to make sure that the concerns about purchasing a subscription are negated by creating some pricing plans that neutralize that concern. But if you need assistance in advocating for VR, um, for IRA under VR or ILOB, please reach out to me. Uh, one of my goals is specifically to address that particular community. But another third and substantial way that we are committed to promoting employment opportunities for people who are blind or have low vision. In addition to these things, um, in addition to the fact that we have this employment focus, in addition to the fact that we have made a concerted effort to reach out to veterans and to spouses of veterans who often find it hard to find employment because they are migrating most of the time from one location to another. Um, we have, we've tried to make sure that IRA does cater to, to blind veterans, but also to their spouses as a source of employment. IRA clearly is a company with a conscience. And so how does it help? It helps in any way that you might imagine. I always say to people, I'm 50, and for many years, I understood how to get things done. Like your speaker prior, I didn't have a DSS coordinator in my college, but if I had, I probably would have been less well off than I am because I had to learn how to advocate. But IRA could have been absolutely critical when I was in college or law school. We take great pride in that this year, over 120 students in post-secondary education are receiving free IRA for their nine months of school this year. And we are working to create a series, a series of college campuses that are part of our IRA college campus network. We all know that people travel, and we travel, I think, maybe um, disproportionately more than others because we've had to seek for employment in Minnesota when we didn't live there, right? Um, and so we now have about 40 airports that are IRA access locations. We also have made a concerted effort to make sure that in addition to students and people looking for work, that we cater to the needs of our blind seniors. And toward that end, as it comes to employment and seniors, on the 20th of March of uh, this year, th uh, later this week, I'll be announcing to the VR community that we're gonna do a webinar to make sure that not only do the directors of these agencies understand what IRA is and how it can be procured, but talk to the people who actually make the frontline decisions. But as I've said to my colleagues at IRA, if you don't, if you, we have to push in both directions. I can educate the leadership of VR, but if consumers don't make it clear 
that you need it and convey that to those with whom you work, um, it won't work. So help push up while I'll push down and we'll meet in the middle and make sure that IRA is well available. I'm going to bring my comments to a close uh, pretty soon by simply saying that we have acknowledged um, as a startup company will that there have been hiccups and occasional challenges. We now have um, a new set of glasses, the Horizon glasses, which are available with any of our plans at $99 and above um, that can be purchased for $600 or for $25 a month on top of your subscription over a two-year period with no interest. We've also evolved in the sense that we not only have IRA access locations, but we also have product access. Well, what is that? Well, that's where instead of working with a location to light up a given area uh, that is geofenced and that you'll get an announcement about, we've, we've created relationships with partners that have products that can be inaccessible. Our most uh, commonly understood product access issue is with um, Vespero, or what used to be Freedom Scientific. If your JAWS dies on you in the course of your work, you can call Ira and explain that JAWS is not working, and Vespero will pay for your call so that you can try and resolve the issue. We've added things like TeamViewer so that um, if you want your agent to tandem into your computer, and assist you with an inaccessible website instead of simply guiding you through it, that can be done. We are thinking of other innovative ways to expand what IRA is through AI and the like that are things you wouldn't even think of by phone. Wouldn't it be nice at some point to walk up to a kiosk in a store, tap a button, and have IRA be available? Now, that's not happening tomorrow, but that is on our radar screen. We are about accessibility on your terms as you want it, when you need it, 24-7, given to you in a way that we trust will be respectful and acknowledging of your dignity as a human being and recognizing you wherever you are in your coming to understand and experience life as someone who is blind or who has low vision. No doubt I have neglected to say something that is critical, but I hope that I've made it evident that IRA wants to partner with consumers particularly to make sure that what is currently inaccessible is made accessible and to be a part of the equation, the equation that allows us to live a life that is productive and fun and happy. Could you do your life without IRA? Of course you could, and I'm not supposed to say that. It's not consistent with selling. But we all know that that's the case. It is, it is clear that we could get along, but boy, when I dropped a pill on the floor in my hotel room, I really enjoyed calling Ira and finding it in five seconds instead of kneeling down and looking for five hours.
I have had occasion to visit with um, the ACB in a number of capacities throughout the course of my career. I'm delighted that the circle of life has permitted me to come back to ACB today in my capacity as IRA's Director of Public Sector Engagement and Strategy and renew old acquaintances and to give you confidence that IRA wants to be a partner with blind people, low vision folks, and particularly with our colleagues and friends in the American Council of the Blind. Happy to take questions if the president thinks there's time. There is really not time, Dan. No. <laughs> All right. Hi, Dan. I'll, I'll, I'll take um, two questions. Unfortunately, we do not have much time, but two questions. Hi, Dan. This is Judy Jackson, and I um, have been both a rehab teacher and a vocational rehabilitation counselor in Virginia. And I have a story for you that I want you to share as you, as you talk, because I think it's something that just talks about the empowerment that Ira provides. I had a client who we'll call Joe. And Joe was 75 years old and was really feeling like he needed to retire as a law school professor because he could no longer see to grade his papers and prepare his case law classes. And when I went to see Joe as a rehab teacher, he was extremely depressed. And he said, you know, I guess it's just time for me to figure out my, you know, like get my gravestone ready and, and just end it. And, and he was very serious. And his wife, I sat at the table with them, and his wife was in tears. And he said, I don't want to end things. And so I thought of Ira immediately. And so um, at the time, I was the rehab teacher, and I had gotten the referral from the VR counselor. And so I went to the VR counselor and I went to our assistive technology person and I said, you know, I think we're gonna be able to give this gentleman his life back. And as you can imagine the way the story ended, um, we did and we did that through Ira. And this gentleman um, uses Ira to read his case law. He uses Ira to grade his papers. He um, uses Ira for everything and he is a new person and it is because of what Ira provided and what our agency was able to do, I think three months and then they, they took it on from there. But you know, because of Ira being somewhat prohibitive in terms of its expense, um, I felt that you know, our agency was quite generous to be able to do even that much. But the real point of the story is that Ira gave this gentleman his life back and he doesn't talk about wanting to end things anymore. Judy, that's powerful and I thank you for sharing the anecdote. And we'll make it part of our PR, absolutely. But then is Richard Villa. Um, I'm an IRA explorer, have been for a year, I think just celebrating a year. And when I first saw IRA demonstrated, I thought, eh, a gimmick, another one of these gimmicks. And, and it took a while before I talked to other individuals that used it and finally realized, well, maybe I'll try it. I, could, I mean, it's no, no long-term commitment. I'll try it. I did... But the thing about IRA that, that uh, has been probably the most uh, beneficial to me, and having been a, a person that's been in, uh, in, you know, in information technology for now over 50 years, I still need help once in a while. And TeamViewer and an IRA agent, oh, what a combination. Thank you that, very much. That is a super uh, pair of things that you can use. 
Thank you very much, and you're absolutely right, and I appreciate these testimonials. It's been a delight to be with you today, and we're continuing to have an ongoing dialogue with Kim and the council leadership at the national level. If you have questions at your local or state level, please reach out to me or to Paul Schrader if your questions are related to public sector. Otherwise, know that you can go to iraaira.io and get our uh, information related to contacting our customer service. It is an odd uh, internet address with that .io uh, suffix, but ira.io, and you'll find everything you need to know from YouTube videos on how it works to how to get a hold of a human being. Thank you for allowing me to join you this Sunday afternoon.